Hi, and welcome to the next episode of the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, we are still figuring out exactly what this podcast is going to be. But I decided that this time around, I was going to use the audio from an interview I did with Michael Wiest of Tanacon. I talked with Michael Wiest last week, and there's actually not going to be a video portion for this podcast because the video is going to be on the main small entertainment channel. But considering the fact that I had to cut down the over two hour long interview I did with Michael for the video, I figured that I should have the full interview uncut here on the podcast for anyone who would like to listen to it this way. So like I said, there's not going to be any video portion for this podcast, but I think he'll live. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael and I talked about a variety of things. We talked about um, Tanacon. We talked about cyberbullying. We talked about Dr. Phil episode we were both on, and we just covered a lot of information and a lot of things pertaining to Tanacon. So hopefully you enjoy this over two hour long podcast for however long you choose to listen to it. And thank you. Enjoy the episode. First, I wanted to say thank you for agreeing to do this, for one. Um, I know we talked back in May, and then um, it slipped both of our minds to talk for a while. (laughs) And I've had assistance in and out. She just moved to Florida, so I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle. I'm so sorry as well. Oh, no. Trust me. I totally understand, especially with COVID. Like, time is a black hole, so totally understand. I'm happy to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you have been a critic of mine over the years, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't often agree to these things, given the nature that like a lot of them tend to have. But I'm excited about an honest and candid conversation. I'm happy to answer anything. Um, for the record, I like blocked off several hours of my calendar, so there's okay. no rush on anything. Um, and I'm happy to go through anything you have questions about, anything that you want to see. I may have to like pause in the middle of a question and find something if there's a document you want to see or text messages but i literally have everything i never deleted a file okay great hopefully we can just kind of dive into it and um go from there okay great yeah sounds good yeah um i mean i'm glad that you were even open to speaking with me i know that it's um though criticism is a part of the internet and being a public figure i know how difficult it is to um i guess confront someone or even just like follow through like it's easy to just block and take off and i respect that you reached out and we're like here uh i had some issues with your video there's some misinformation would like to talk and break this down i i do appreciate that and i want to acknowledge that and i think that there is obviously a plethora over especially over the years there's been a lot of videos out there and i have genuinely just tried to kind of ignore it for my own mental health Mm -hmm. but i'm finally at a point in which i can address it and like have decided that staying silent is not always the best option Mm -hmm. not the advice of others you know they're just like it'll pass but i don't know if that's true and i'm like happy to address anything and i'm like emotionally and mentally ready so yeah um and obviously given dr phil and everything else you kind of started i think with like a lot of this Tanacon thing. So you seem like the perfect person to Mm -hmm. agree to this with. I never took like Keemstar or anything else other than Shane. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 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 I mean, um, gosh, I had another point and I already blocked it. Okay. So we're going to go straight into like just what I had planned. So um, obviously um, we did the uh, Dr. Phil episode back in October and then my producer told me it was supposed to come out in around February, but then it got pushed for some reason. 
And then it ended up coming out in May. Was that frustrating for you? Because they mentioned that you were the one that wanted to, you were the one that reached out. So was that frustrating for you that they were still drawing it out? Yes. Um, obviously, like time is a big part of a lot of healing mm -hmm. and everything else. Um, when I filmed, it was like a substantial amount of time had passed. Um, and according to the producers, which we'll get into early or later, I suppose, because yes. uh, I went on that show for literally a whole different reason. But mm -hmm. They uh, um, ultimately said it was going to be the biggest episode and they just kept drawing it back. And I was like, okay, guys, this is going to like affect my business. Anytime I talk about this, obviously, mm -hmm. as someone currently in the face, every time I bring it back up, it affects my business. So like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Not to mention, like, if you read my LA Times piece, mm -hmm. I got died PTSD. And so like, it is emotional to go through a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, frustrating to say the least. I, yeah. I didn't know it was going to take that. Yeah. So, um, well, since we're on the topic, what did you, my original question was going to be, what did you want to accomplish with going on Dr. Phil? But I mean, I guess a better question would be why, what exactly did you reach out to them for? If you say that you went on for something completely different? That is a good question. I, um, so long story short, obviously through TanaCon, I, I had always seen like online bullying through others and with clients. And I talk about it in jawline a little about just like mm -hmm. the space that internet it used to be like a place of safety and community and it's like become something very different now which is rather dark i suppose but mm -hmm. um i went on dr phil to basically just like how do i say this my dad's assistant had a sister who was like 13 years old mm -hmm. uh, and she actually ended up committing suicide due to online bullying and oh that's something that like really struck with me Mm -hmm. Obviously, as I was like seeing everything that was happening, I it's hard not to read all the comments that are like kill yourself. And I was in a very dark place at mm -hmm. one point. And so I just kind of wanted to like help. I thought I was literally going on to like bring awareness to online bullying. Yes, mm -hmm. I thought TanaCon like hit on. No idea that like that was the case. Mm -hmm. um, also, like I'll, you mentioned in your video, a lot of the producers talking about like I was horrible to deal with. I like didn't go, I didn't get paid for anything, not on my footage. Mm -hmm. like, I literally thought I was going on to help, nothing more than that. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't allowed to bring guests on. Like I wasn't allowed to have even like my best friends there. I uh -huh. have, it was a very different experience than I think what was portrayed to everyone else, which yeah. is interesting. And like the producers, my producers came to me after the show in tears. I was literally crying. Mm -hmm. um, like I, a lot of things happened after Dr. Phil walked off stage. All of those guests literally followed me outside the studio. And like, we're coming to your hotel. We're fucking killing you. They literally came to my hotel. Dr. Phil had to have security there. It was like a whole thing. Oh, Jesus. So like, it was a very traumatic experience in itself. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think the producers expected it to go that way. Because mm -hmm. like they, they literally texted me yesterday asking if I wanted to put influencers on Wednesday's episode, which I guess is today, mm -hmm. um, or some other things. So like, I literally had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. I probably should have had the maybe the courage to just like get up when I realized it was not what I thought it was mm -hmm. um, and leave. But I don't know that that would have been the right answer either. I guess I just wanted to like heal in mm -hmm. that moment. And then as Dr. Phil's asking questions, obviously, you know, editing is everything. Absolutely. And edited pre interviews, everything. It just like very felt, oh, this is Tanaka. This is 100% mm -hmm. Tanaka. I thought it was not necessarily going to be that. I figured they would ask about it and like my history with like dealing with the bullying part of it. Nope, not at all. So like mm -hmm. that was very, very shocking to say the least. Yeah. 
I mean, I one thing that I pointed out in my video, I don't know if you watched the full video or just the segment before you reached out to me, but I did point out how they did do you dirty in the edit, at least because what it looks like for our interaction is where you bring up. I came on here to get justice for a little girl who um, is contemplating suicide. And when you're watching it as the viewer, it looks like that came out of nowhere because they cut out that segment right. in the start where you talked about why you came on. And I was like, they did him. That wasn't fair. Like, that's not OK. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, I I think they put that in there to be like, oh, Michael's just trying to be defensive. I was literally defensive because I was blindsided. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that that's what I was going. The audience was like all TanaCon attendees, had mm -hmm. no idea. I thought it was gonna be me and Dr. Phil talking about online bullying. Mm -hmm. Nothing remotely even close to that conversation even came up. It wasn't mm -hmm. even about like my experience with it. It was just, here's a bunch of people saying a bunch of things and you react to it. And I like should have gotten up looking back at it, but everything, even TanaCon, I'm grateful that it is weird it is this to say i'm like grateful that it happened the way it happened because i it made me who i am now and mm -hmm. i learned so much mm -hmm. so like i don't think i don't know i don't know that i would have changed the dr phil experience obviously it wasn't like what i thought and it wasn't what i was hoping for mm -hmm. but everything happens for a reason and i i guess i have to believe that so mm -hmm. for that i'm grateful um definitely showed me like Phil Shaw, who was on the show, was my creative director for four years. Literally two months prior to that, was at the Grammys with me. Mm -hmm. uh, I was. It just like showed me people's true colors, and that was shocking to see and a little hurtful and like painful, but important. I thought I learned all of that through TanaCon, but I learned it even more. So, and I don't know. I'm definitely grateful to have learned that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking about, we can talk about the producer situation because, um, again, in my video, I don't know if you caught this part, um, my producer was um, very big on getting me to come for you. And um, I saw that. I, I am, I am in this industry. I've worked at, I worked on sh uh, projects and things like that before. So I knew exactly what she was doing. And I knew how I was going to go into this. She could have told me that you kicked a puppy backstage and I still knew how I was going to approach you depending on how things were shown or edited. And obviously, like you mentioned, the edit plays a part in things, but that's also how they could have potentially amplified it's TV. me. Yeah, it's TV yeah. and they, they wanted good TV. If I were to come out there and be like, yes, Michael, I, I accept your apology, of course. Like that's to them, that's not good TV. Totally. And Hulu told me not to do it. They're going to sensationalize it. And I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> I just, if I can help one person not go through like what I went through, mm -hmm. uh, it's worth it. And I talked about it with my family before and was like, mom, obviously I don't know that I want to do this. I don't want to bring it up. I, it, it did affect current relationships with clients and stuff, obviously, because that's a headline. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a good headline. But, like, even if it helped one little girl, still, I think it might be worth it. Mm -hmm. um, that was my whole, like, I'm going to go on this. Maybe someone out there will resonate with it. Um, it wasn't about trying to do something else. Like, I literally had no idea. And, like, I'm so, I was surprised in your video when you said that the producer said I was horrible because like... Yeah, I was going to ask about that next because... Literally so many texts and emails of, of like Julie and Amy and everyone being like, you are the best person we've ever worked with. We've worked with so many influencers. They're horrible. Mm -hmm. We love you. They all came into my room after the show crying. Literally, they texted me yesterday asking if I'll help staff their next show. Mm -hmm. Like, I was shocked. They told me, which I literally have... Um, that like Phil Shaw asked them to verify them seven times and I like <laughs> he obviously mentioned that on the show um, and 
I never spoke about Dr. Phil other than making my statement because oftentimes it doesn't matter what I say. The mm-hmm. people just going to, I think, and mm-hmm. at some point you can't defend and you shouldn't necessarily defend every single thing. Also, mm-hmm. Dr. Phil has a pretty extensive release, which I'm sure you've seen. And yeah. I think I'm prohibited for talking about a lot of things on the show. Mm-hmm. So I never like said, I'm going to go talk about this experience. But like it, it, it fucked me up a little bit, to be frank. I yeah. was in a process of like healing and then that, really reset me back not to mention like going back to my hotel and then being attacked and like Mm -hmm. getting further death i was literally crying on the lot at paramount literally bawling my eyes out interns are running up turning cameras away i was like i'm not doing this dr phil wanted to film that and put that on tv Mm -hmm. and i was like absolutely not Mm -hmm. um it just it felt very strange and dr phil that's why dr phil left the stage i don't know if they like so it was supposed to be like a three-hour filming session and it was literally 45 minutes yeah, it, it was definitely, I mean, I know our segment between you and I and then uh, your current client or at the time current client, I don't know if he's still your client. Um, like, that yeah. segment was, I want to say, close to 45 minutes. And then you guys were talking for probably definitely a shorter amount of time than I was expecting. I was expecting maybe an hour or two. But yeah, I don't know why he walked off when he did, because even if you're watching the episode as a viewer, it looks like it. there's more. Like it looks yeah. like it wasn't nothing really was resolved. <laughs> Absolutely wasn't. And Dr. Phil wanted us to resolve it outside. He was like, you guys talk. And I was like, I'm literally bawling, like way worse than on stage shaking. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've cried that, that much in like a long time. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Jackson's coming up screaming, fuck you. Phil's coming. Like they're literally all screaming at me. And I'm just sulking on the sidewalk because I, I was so blindsided. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is what it is. And like, again, grateful that I guess I got to learn their true colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't expecting that those are people that like from the past you know sydney was at tanacon and the last time we spoke was right after mm-hmm. um I, I literally like they could all have their phones because they were all posting in the dressing room i couldn't have my phone i couldn't talk to anyone i couldn't mm-hmm. have guests on the show i felt very like taken aback and i probably should have listened to my team at hulu and my publicist and everyone but i thought maybe one little person out there one little girl will be impacted and be like you know what, today is not the day that I'm going to do something stupid because there is someone out there that at least recognizes or cares, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I did it. And I think it, it might have gotten taken wrong because I got a lot of, like, hate that I was just trying to use TanaCon for this, that, and the other. Literally, no. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So it's crazy to but, see that they, like, portrayed no, it that way. Yeah, no, I understand. But, I mean, you... Obviously, they did the interview segments prior to actually going on the stage. So you knew they were probably going to bring up TanaCon at the very least, right? So I figured, like, you talking about the interview videos? That, like, yeah, like played. the segments they played beforehand. Yeah, and I figured those would be used as, like, background. I didn't, you don't really know until you mm-hmm. see it. But I, like, the first time I saw that video was when I was walking on the stage and I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, then I walk out and I was like, if you. See, in the first moments, I'm, like, shaking, talking to Dr. Phil. I was like, oh, what is about to happen? This is not what I thought this was. Mm-hmm. And every break, I, like, I don't know. I was just, I probably came off defensive because mm-hmm. it was, I felt a little attacked, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that at all. So I came off as defensive, which, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I'm, like, yeah, looking back on it, it happened for a reason, I guess. And... Maybe it impacted. I'm hoping it did some good for someone out there because it definitely was to no benefit of my own. So Yeah. As far as the um, intro interviews uh, that they played that the Tanacon segments were from, how long would you say those interviews actually were that 
like just trying to figure out like what exactly they pulled from essentially for the TanaCon stuff. So those were like, that was a whole day prior okay. to the shoot. Um, they went to this set and filmed all of that. And they like just asked me a bunch of questions in this like room and I'm just answering them. And then we filmed like um, what they called ad roll clips, like where I'm walking on my phone, like things that they could use to run ads for the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, which I had like done before, obviously with Hulu and everything else, pretty used to it. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know. I mean, like, I didn't know how long it would be or how long it was going to be used or what anything was going to look like. And the, I felt very safe because the producers that I were working with, I was like, understand that like my heart is in your hands here. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Do you think they were producing you at all the same way that potentially mine was producing me? probably but like mm-hmm. also no because they were telling me things that they shouldn't have told me either and like mm-hmm. text things that would have indicted them on like you know they could have lost their jobs over things that they were saying mm-hmm. which to me was like okay but maybe that was part of it i don't know yeah maybe i was naive mm-hmm. i don't know it felt authentic enough yeah but i will say this um when i was filming those pre-interviews my attorney called me literally in the middle of filming them and is like, just so you know, Tana has called her attorney who's called me and does not want you to do this show, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I told him, I said, listen, if it helps one girl out there, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Tana can go say what she wants to say. She always will. She always does. But like, I'm not here for me. I'm not here for mm-hmm. whatever. I'm here for that little girl out there who's struggling. And I've, I literally have been there and never want anyone to go through that again mm-hmm. so that was like the whole thing but it felt i don't know they all witnessed that so to me it felt like they kind of knew what was going on they were very like maybe i was being produced mm-hmm. perhaps but my producer experience at like hulu and stuff felt very different yeah um, so i just felt trusting i guess so when you're speaking about your hulu experience just so I, I make sure that we're clear are you speaking about um in relation to jawline or is there another project in the works that you guys are working on um, jawline. Okay. I obviously can't discuss anything like in the works per mm-hmm. se, but um, based on my experience with like jawline and everything, I just usually, I guess they were on my side there, <laughs> and it, I don't know. I just felt I should have listened when Hulu said it was going to be sensationalized and not to do it. But I was like, you know, the same thing. I was like, if there is one person out there that it helps, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know. I hope that that perhaps someone resonated with it because mm-hmm. it is some. Like, I'm sure you've seen it even. It's, like, becoming more relevant in our, like, society every day. And it's, like, getting bad. It's, like, it's like low-key really dark that social media gets younger and younger. And these young girls are, like, living their lives online and dealing with, you know, growing up in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, no boundary that society is making when they're, like, doing this whole cancel culture. And, like, you can't cancel a human being, in my opinion. I think that's, like, really gross. People evolve and learn every single day. And a little 12-year-old girl who posted a TikTok that she did not know any better about should not be killing herself because she's getting some hate online. Like, it's not that... It's We're not that gone, I mm. hope, at society. But... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, just real quick, I don't want to stay too much longer on the Dr. Phil episode because there's way more for us to talk about. Um. But Dr. Phil mentioned that you had given them a list of people and that's who they drew the guests who came on and then also your current client from i believe was there anyone else that you would had on there that they that you would felt you that you were expecting to see and they didn't have on or well i didn't really like 
they said I gave them a list, but like they asked for very specific people. I wonder if I can find them. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I know I gave them Phil Shaw. I guess they had called me because there's no like, there's like two threads of me back and forth. And I mm -hmm. said, hey, Julie, as requested, here's my client Blake's contact info. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, if a value, my former COO, ta uh, Taylor, whom I think wrote into the show, mm -hmm. said that she would talk and she said, okay, I'll give them a call this evening. Like that was, that was like it. Um, and they did their own, I guess, outreach. Because mm -hmm. I had asked like my friend Hannah, whom was she's also very still very close friends with like tana she's not really in the industry she was like with me in la at the hotel after everything happened she was at TanaCon. Mm -hmm. like she's been on both sides she was in the room with playing i think she's even in my like amazon doc just in the background um they wouldn't let her even go to the show and watch like my mother couldn't go mm -hmm. it was like we have six guests and i was like okay and she's like well, you can't have any guests because of covid and i'm like she's like with you dr phil dr phil's wife with our crew, you can't have anybody watch. And I was like, okay. I, I mean, I guess I get it. It's COVID, like I get it. Mm -hmm. um, had no idea that like, they were gonna line up all these people. And I didn't, they asked for someone who would like, give a objective stance, which I said, Phil, even though mm -hmm. Phil and I are friends, I expected him to be, you know, honest and say whatever, mm -hmm. um, which, he was very silent during the episode, which was interesting to me. Um, and he texted me afterwards, which is also interesting. And before, I'm like, send me black hearts, which I didn't see till after the show because mm -hmm. I didn't have my phone. Um, and like, that's it. I gave him Phil Taylor and Blake, but they, that's because they asked specifically for those people. I yeah. wish I could have given, like, there's probably people that I watched the show with, my friend Cody, who was a former influencer, um, he would like watch the episodes when they aired with me. He was like, why would they not call me? I would have went on, I was at TanaCon. He was on the creator list. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of people that I felt, I don't know. It, yeah. There was clearly a target, like a goal for filming that episode. And perhaps... yeah, they tried to get Tana. I know that. Cause she, she tweeted that they had reached out to her and she said no. So yeah. And they had asked me if Shane was okay. I was like, yeah, I don't care if you contact Shane. I'm sure Shane mm -hmm. was down. Um, and like, I, they just kind of did whatever they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, why are you going to call Shane? I thought we were going on for this. It felt very, you know, weird. And that's when, mm -hmm. like, I became wary. Um, but ultimately, I guess they just felt that the storyline that the others were giving was more interesting for TV, probably. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it for at least the Dr. Phil episode. Um, if there's, is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to that episode before we talk more about um, the event itself? Well, I just want to say that, like, I know in your video you had mentioned, like, you got paid for your footage. I did not ask for any compensation on anything mm -hmm. simply because, I, like, I wasn't there for money, for financial yeah. gain. So I want to make sure that, like, I don't know, I didn't go on there for what people tend to think. Um, so I just wanted to mention that, like, I literally, I gave them anything that they wanted, did not ask for payments, did mm -hmm. not ask favors. I know they said that I was, like, being demanding. I'm trying to think what else you mentioned in your video. Yeah. I, like, um, they asked me if I would cover up my tattoos and piercings, and I was like, no, because that's me, and I'm not going to, like, filter myself if you yeah. want to talk about something on TV. But I was, by all means, they asked, I think you mentioned something about water. Like, I literally did not have food or water in the dressing room. I didn't ask for food or water. I literally went off set and had lunch before the show. <laughs> so it felt all very, like, 
I don't know. I was being produced is what they were doing with me. So that, that's which is why I shared in my videos like this could all be false, but like this is what I was told basically. Apparently, so yeah, it is what it is. You know. Um, really quick though, there was something that. Um, well, actually, first, let me explain my position with getting paid for my footage, because what they originally reached out to me for was to license my vlog footage. So that was their whole there. What they wasn't asking me to come on as like a Tanacon attendee or anything like that. I was like, I offered, I said, look, because they didn't tell me it was you. They just said they were doing an episode on Tanacon. And so I said, OK, I have questions about the event. I, I thought it was going to be Tana or something. I was like, I would confront Tana in a second. And also, I'm in Orange County. I'm less than an hour away. Like, I can come to the studio. It's fine. And so um, because I have previously licensed footage to MTV for uh, Tana's show, in fact, I was like, OK, well, this is going to be on TV. So we're going to get more money. As you should. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but the reason, reason I say that is just because, like, I did not do it for that. So mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that, like, I went on there to get a bunch of royalties. Obviously, I've licensed footage. But hell, I sold a documentary to Hulu. But, yeah. Like, that wasn't the intention, therefore I didn't. And I, you should get your coin, absolutely you should. Props to you for being savvy enough to know that you should do that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, because this is, was something that was ended up being cut from the episode, which I thought was interesting, because I had asked my producer, can I bring up about how he's, there's a possibility he's going to do another Tanacon? And my producer said, go ahead. I said, okay, can I ask if he's worried about being sued because of it? And they said, go right ahead, anything you want to ask. And then they cut out that whole interaction between you and I about- Which I'm happy to address. I don't know if you have like an agenda you want to go through. But... No, we can absolutely, That this was another thing I wanted. I was going to wait a little longer, but I was like, you know, we're on the topic. We might as well, you know, bring it up. So like, I have never, and probably it plays into like our conversation on the show about like the trademark and everything else. Um, I guess, let me start with like, Maybe the trademark, because okay. I think that probably plays some some backstory. Um, and I wonder, I'm sure I have it somewhere. Okay. So trademark takes a long time to get. Uh, I know you mentioned that like the date was April. <laughs> yeah, it was in um, April 2020. And I don't know if you remembered, I had reached out to you when that got publicized and when the Instagram account went live and the website was like available, but it was behind a, a lock, a password. And apparently someone who runs a fan account for you was like taunting me on Twitter, like no one knows what the real answers are. So I was like, okay, I reached out to them and I said, tell me what the deal is. And they had apparently either gotten the password from you or had figured it out and told me that, uh, like sent me screenshots of the website and stuff. And it was like, yeah, no, TanaCon is happening. It's just like a work in progress right now and all of that. So like, obviously no, um, like what happened with, so to back up, the trademark was filed at TanaCon the mm -hmm. first time. Um, okay. I, I have the like receipt the day of, the day. of you think? I I'm sure I have it because mm -hmm. I think I had to like give it to my trademark attorney when she filed it. Okay. Um, I like know it's on LegalZoom, so I will get it to you. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I know that basically I was in the room with Jordan and Tana, and mm -hmm. I was like, if we're going to do the second one, which we had planned one, I don't know if people know or not, for like New York with Playlist. Mm -hmm. It was going to be like a collab. I, mm -hmm. I'm really close with the owners of AKT who owns Playlist. And they, he called me after everything too and, and gave me a lot of support. But like the plan was to do a second one in New York. Mm -hmm. None of, no one could have made all of this. And I was like, Tana, we should trademark this. Um, so I paid for it while we were there. Okay. Um, 
but I don't know how, like, obviously LegalZoom has to, like, send it in, and then um, that takes forever for them to even process the application. It takes months. Mm -hmm. So, like, it probably looked conspicuous, but Mm -hmm. I paid for it literally at TanaCon. It just took forever for it to go up. Mm -hmm. Um, The intention behind the trademark was basically in the beginning I was like, okay, well, if we're going to do it, we can't have like competition, obviously VidCon's trademark. If you're going to do this and you know, given the creators on here, we don't want little pop-up ones to, to like affect the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that was one part after I contacted a trademark attorney just to see like what was going up and like what's going on. She's the one that's probably registered on like the actual thing. Cause then she went in and took it from legal zoom and like did it, whatever and filled out all the paperwork. Cause there was some, thing LegalZoom had sent that was like, oh, you need to file this proof of specimen or something. I'm sure I have all of that. And um, long story short, I had to make a decision because that was after TanaCon had like happened, obviously Mm -hmm. past three days. I was like, okay, do I just continue? What do I do with it? Um, I said that I want to continue with it, not only for my mental health, but because I mean, I'd already paid for it and like it made sense. My concern was if someone else did TanaCon and wanted to do a TanaCon event, whether it was Tana or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how my mental health would have reacted. I still don't know necessarily, but mm-hmm. like in that time, mm-hmm. I don't know how I could have handled that or like mm-hmm. all the press that would have found that's like TanaCon, TanaCon. Like, I don't know that I was even remotely in a position to even hardly hear the word, much less like another one happen. Yeah. And then the first one being compared to everything else, it would have, probably made things way worse. So I was like, I'm going to do this, just go forward with it to make sure I have my mental health protected, if nothing else. Um, Then I know that like that website, so Phil Shaw, who was on Dr. Phil, Mm -hmm. literally told me to set that up. He was like, oh, I talked to Tana. Um, She like wants to do it. And I was like, I don't think that's true. Um, so someone on my team just like built this, this website and I, I'm so sorry, my, my apartment building, they're vacuuming the hallway. Sorry. (laughs) One second. I can't even hear it. Okay, good. Go ahead. Continue. No worries. So I just like, was like, okay, put it up, put it behind a paywall, whatever. Um, and that happened. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was anything on there other than like speculation around it. Mm -hmm. There was also conversation within the company because Phil still worked for me at that time mm-hmm. and we were just like what what's the timeline at this point because that was around I want to say April of 2020 is that around when you're thinking or that's when the that's when the Instagram account became at least in the public eye at that point when people figured it out that it was a so, account. so to give you more backstory mm-hmm. we went you scraped my new company did a tour I think January ish of 2020 yes. um on that tour we were all talking about it and everyone was like, let's, you should do it. You should do this. Phil's like, okay, I'll set up the website. Here's new logos. Phil literally made the logos for TanaCon too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm not making any decision. I want to talk to Jordan and maybe Tana. I want to talk to Shane. Like, I'm not going to do this unless they're involved and want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And there was like a, a lot of emotional decisions going through that. One of which was like, I still wanted to make it up to the fans from the first time. Um, would I have considered doing a second one? Yes. Did I in no way, like, it wasn't a thing. There was no revenue book. There was nothing. It was just a matter of, like, the team saying, if you want to do this, here you go. Um, yeah. I did verify the Instagram accounts because I was like, okay, well, we have the Amazon doc. 
we can just use that to push the documentary. Mm -hmm. And then if we decide to do something later, we will. Um, and my logic behind, I guess, a, a bigger conversation around it is like, I lost so much money from TanaCon mm -hmm. and anything that I could do to make it back, I would consider, you know, mm -hmm. just from like an asset business standpoint. Mm -hmm. But to clarify, no, in no way, shape, form, or fashion was there like a TanaCon to location, city, line, like absolutely. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that there was like a um, like a like a set plan in place. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. Um, my other point for the at least the account, the links on the account definitely switched around a little bit. There was one point in time where it was like a blank um, Eventbrite link where it would, there was no TanaCon listing. It was just like brought you to Eventbrite or something. Oh, I know what that was. Yeah. That's because that was, um, Eventbrite used to have an integration with Instagram where you could, there would be a button that said get tickets. And mm. if you took the Eventbrite link out, that would not be there anymore. Um, and that account had been from previous TanaCon, I think. So there was like, we didn't want to lose that feature. Okay. So I think that's why that was there, but it didn't take you to a link or like any ticket page. Yeah. Um, the other um, thing was there was a FanJoy account that sold TanaCon merch and it was Fanjoy? yes and i have hmm. the receipt from my purchase of my sweatshirt to that so says Fanjoy, juice con on it or it juice says, crate says, juice crate llc i would i'm curious to see that because okay. yeah. so fanjoy sponsored as you, i'm sure you know sponsored yeah. TanaCon. they have an exclusive contract with tana mm -hmm. for merch okay. um i don't have a relationship with fanjoy after TanaCon. obviously okay. like I have not done business with them. I own a company called the Merch Crate that Juice Crate owns. Um, so it's interesting to see that like Fanjoy, I know Tana was selling TanaCon merch for a while. I don't know if she still yeah. is. No, she, so what she does, cause, um, and uh, so, you know, Tana, I know saw the Dr. Phil episode. I have not reached out to her. Um, she has not reached out to me or anything, but if she, you know, sees this after the fact and is like, okay, I want to clear myself too. I will extend the same offer to her as I am to you. Both sides of the story offered. Um, but, um, she, the, after when everything fell apart at TanaCon, she kept saying like, here's what I'm going to do for X, Y, and Z. And one of the things she said was she was going to give everyone the free merch that they couldn't I buy. Saw that. And then I think a couple of months later, there was a couple of different TanaCon attendee group chats, like just kind of seeing if there was any lawsuits or anything coming out. And someone was like, oh, cool. She's bulk selling all of the TanaCon merch for like eight cents a piece. Like she was basically clearing it all out. So it's like, okay, there goes our merch. But yeah, no, this merch is very different from the merch that was originally sold on the website. So here, let me pull up my uh, post because it has my receipt in it. Let's see. Which I was like surprised. Obviously mm -hmm. when she, she tweeted a lot of like, <laughs> that's the reason that we got into this situation in my opinion. She like tweeted a lot of things that I think she never held up her end on. Um, like I did, I did my part to a certain extent, so I would I say everything that I could do. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised she was still selling merch because in my opinion, when everything went down, it should have been like me and Tana and Shane who had reached out the last day, like working on a solution and Bella. And like, instead it very quickly became, let's throw Michael under the bus and pull ourselves as far away from that as we can. Mm -hmm. I like wanted to work on a solution. I, I, I still have texts where I'm like, what do we want to do? Like, should we do TanaCon 2 just give everyone free tickets? What do we want to do? Um, which is ultimately like, I decided to refund everyone. And to my knowledge, every single ticket has been refunded at 
great expense to myself, ultimately uh-huh. ending in bankruptcy. So I but do like, I do know, uh, because like I mentioned, I have spoken with um, a variety of attendees, some of whom were in the audience at the time of the Dr. Phil episode. Um, there is at least a swath that have not been refunded and or they had to specifically go to their banks because um, Veep was giving them so many issues. I was going to say, so Veeps obviously is who mm-hmm. like did refunds. I don't know if, if you know anything about Veeps, but this was the first event that they ever did tickets for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veeps is owned by Benji and Joel Madden, okay. MDDN, which is Good Charlotte, the band Good yes. Charlotte. Yes. Um, they're the, the founding members of that and they own a company called MDDN. Alex Reese, which I'm kind of name dropping and I probably shouldn't, but like Alex Reese was the CEO at the time. He now works for uh, Universal Music Group Mm -hmm. and has left MDDN. Um, But like it was started by this girl, Sherry, who was in the Amazon doc in the the room with us because a lot of things happened, in my opinion, like tickets were still being sold the day of the event. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like that should not have been a thing. Um, I don't know if that was a miscommunication. I don't know if Jordan or obviously Tana had said, don't stop selling tickets. That part's in my Amazon doc too. And mm-hmm. she, maybe she told Sherry, keep tickets up, whatever. Deeps, was a, there was a lot of problems there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after everything kind of went down and I got back to Nashville, I called Benji and Joel and was like, hey guys, uh, this is really unfortunate. I had worked with MDDN aside from this. Actually, Janie, who... I think she's in the Amazon doc, but she didn't go in Docsville, an employee of mine at the time. She was an intern for them because I had gotten her that internship. Mm-hmm. And then she's gone to work on for, for music or uh, venture music group here in Nashville. But long story short, I had done record deals with them where I was like promoting their artist music. So I was kind of doing this as a favor for Veeps. I would have never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and hindsight's twenty twenty. I think Veeps has gotten a lot better now. We were their first yeah. one and... Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I, yeah, there's nothing to say besides like, if you haven't got a fucking refund, uh, one, I'm sorry Two, call Veeps because that's who has the money. Like that's mm-hmm. who kept it. Um, so they, sh- they should. Mm-hmm. And then if you haven't do what the, those friends of yours have done and like file a claim with your bank. Mm-hmm. Um, Veeps said they were going to refund everyone. And to my knowledge, they have, they should have. Yeah. So. What they did is, um, and this was heavily criticized at the time, is they said, oh, send us an email with your ticket email. Like, we basically had to apply for a refund. There was no automatic type of thing, which is how yeah. I did get my refund. I went through Veeps, but I did have to full on apply for it, basically. And Veeps, I'm assuming, like, sent out an email to ticket holders and was like, apply for a refund? Oh, gosh. Now off the top of my head, let me check because I want to say That's no. That's weird. Um, huh. Also, if you go to the drive right now, um, there is the link. Um, what's it called? Will you drop that in the chat on here? Yes. The, the link to the drive? Yeah, it is there. That's my um, my screenshot of my receipt from the merch purchase. That's in okay, there cool. currently. Yeah, if, let me see if I can find your email with that link real quick. Yeah, so see, uh, they the, what they ended up doing, I don't think, the only thing I have from Veeps, or at least from support, was I had reached out to them, I think the day after the event, um, or what would have been day two, and they replied the following day, thank you for contacting Veeps. For all concerns, comments, and refund requests, please contact or email the artist or influencer in question. That's the first one. And then they later, let's just see, search Veeps. Interesting. Yeah.
wonder if I've got those emails with Veeps still. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything oh. else from the event itself. But so, it could be in my other email, so that's a different... Obviously, it would have been... We had no control over ticketing, and mm-hmm. that's the first time I ever did that. Normally, like, we would have used Eventbrite or, like, our own, but frankly, I should have used a different ticketing software. I wanted to, like build that bridge and help out Benji and Joel and build a, a relationship that we had already had and just, you know, help them kind of get on the face. Cause mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of art patch and they were excited about it. We were too. Um, but like they didn't have ticketing infrastructure that we would have liked, which was like the ability to do like meet and greet uh, what I call like lobbies and lotteries where you could select an influencer and like fill up that, that meet and greet list. So mm-hmm. we had to like work around a lot of their emerging platform text. They should have sent out a refund to everyone automatically. What's the point of this little apply to be refunded thing? That's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sucks to hear that not everyone has gotten them back. I was told that they have. Um, So if they haven't, they they should still contact Veeps because Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they're... Veeps is like legally required to give that money back. Yeah. So they may be, re- um, they may be like including any chargebacks that happen from people contacting their banks. Cause like there was a variety of people who did that. So right. they, they could be including that in the total, but yeah, no, in the, um, the drive, I don't know if you can see it. I did leave my, my receipt for my purchase of Tanacon blocked out as my personal information. Um, but other than that, that's okay. Everything. So that doesn't look like fan joy. Um, that looks like you purchased it from juice Crate, which, mm-hmm is possible we for a limited time ran some like novelty tanacon merch in an effort to just kind of like frankly make anything back from it that we could and then i decided and i was like you know what guys i don't i don't like the optics of this Mm -hmm. um i also take it down basically and so like if you look it's it's not there yeah um but i think at some point there was like this discussion that happened internally that was like okay how do we recoup anything that we lost on that? And someone said, let's just throw up some merch, some novelty merch. So that's probably what that was. Okay. And you were probably one of the very few people that got it. Cause I think I made a decision within like two or three days of being up to, to have that removed. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, um, I will now crazy. be reselling it for $4,000 now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's crazy to me. Like I never expected all of this to happen the way that it did. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure you have other TanaCon questions yeah. and I'm sure it will come up, but like I, I still have all of the original lanyards and passes. Like there was nothing. There's this conspiracy theory that I was like scamming people, which like to me makes at, at the beginning, I was very upset about it. Now mm-hmm. it makes me laugh because it's like, how in the world could anyone think that that's even possible when like I literally had to file chapter seven bankruptcy, lost $750,000, mm-hmm. like spent all of this on planning, there was no part of it that like was driven by ulterior motive except just wanting to do this with Tana. I also know that like young and naive Michael, who was very excited, should have said no to a lot of things that like when someone like Tana and Bella Thorne are in front of you telling you to do something, it's not that easy to say no. Mm-hmm. But people probably like, oh, you can say no. No, not as easy as you think. And like I should have, you know, she was like, it needs to be right next to VidCon during these dates. Well, I, I'm sure, you know, we like at the time, Good Times had done an annual convention every year in January and mm-hmm. like Tana had been there before, which is one of the reasons she decided to do this because it, it went so well. Mm-hmm. And we had that hotel on 
retainer for the next year. I was like, why don't we just do it in January at the same hotel? So you were familiar with the size of the hotel. You were familiar with this hotel and working with them. I am familiar with that hotel. Um, and that was like the only hotel I'm I'm assuming you're talking to the Anaheim one. Yeah. Yeah. The Marriott. Marriott. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that was the only hotel in the space or in the area that like Tana said it needed to be that had those dates. Um, we paid a fortune for it, which I like have, I was concerned looking back at it. Like I wanted to do a, I wanted to do it in January and then she like did it. She's like, it needs to be the same time as VidCon. Mm-hmm. She was vindictive obviously. And then like me being like, I need to prove I can do this to Tana. So like, I didn't say no when I should have said no to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my fault, but I also was just excited for the opportunity. And I think like we were all friends and it was just felt very like, let's do it. I, d- I did not expect what happened to happen. Tana didn't expect what happened to happen. Mm-hmm. And then like, there are things obviously that could have been done different, but frankly, I didn't think I could say no and not burn the bridge type thing. You know, mm-hmm. she was also young in her career. So it is what it is, but like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Tanacon logistics and all of that, because I think, um, something one of the um when you responded to my video you said that um there was you sent me a screenshot of a text message between you and tana and to show that you guys had actually been planning this in april whereas previously it was believed this had all been planned in a month um with the right. april of the month before which would when did you guys actually say hey TanaCon, we're doing this so it's an interesting story. Um, I remember watching Tana's video because someone had sent it to me. I think, mm-hmm. do you know Ray, Larry Merritt? Um, mm-hmm. He is a former client of mine. We used to live together at the time we lived together, even lived together after TanaCon for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually brought it to my attention and was like, you should do this with her. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a good idea. Um, so then I was just like, okay, I'll text her. We started talking about it. Um, we obviously announced it far later than when we like planned it. Um, mm-hmm. I still have X. Yeah, is, no, like, I'm just pulling up. Back. No, you're good. I'm just pulling up uh, her video because I'm assuming you're talking about the the F VidCon video, basically when she was finally like that one. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I just want to make sure we got the timeline. Holy fuck! I have not went through these texts since I still have all her voice memos. Mm-hmm. So people are doing that about meetup registrations being in person. You know, Jackson and Aaron apparently. So her video was April 2nd, 2018, which would have been two months before TanaCon. So Right. Um, let me see. I'm going to try to find mm-hmm. the text. I know I sent you a screenshot. Um, obviously, like, yeah. people think it happened in a month. So we actually started, like, when I was filming Jawline, at mm-hmm. the end of Jawline, the scene where I'm, like, in the house uh, with, like, Nick and Pierre, that, I was literally planning TanaCon during that time. Okay. I remember, like, talking to the screen. I got cut from jawline because it was not relative and it would have distracted from like the whole Mm -hmm. whole story. Um, But ultimately like that is when we were making the decision to like do it and started from there. And then I like flew to her house. Um, Yeah, that was May. Let's see. I have the screenshot from your documentary. May 28th, 2018 was, it says first Tanacon meeting with Tana. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Probably. So that was the first in-person meeting or was that the first meeting? Because that would be a month before the event. May 31st, I was with Bella Thorne's manager, yes. Jen. Um, let's see. May 30th, she said, what are you doing? I can't breathe. <laughs> let's see. 
I'm still going up. Um, I flew to her house. I was planning stuff like this is May 28th. There is like a layout. I don't know if you can see that or not. There's like hotel layout options um, where we were drawing out the floors. Let's see. What the hell? I literally have no idea. That's unreal. That's unreal. Um, May 26th. I was sending her creator graphics. May 26th, I had sent her like drafts of like Bella Thorne's mm-hmm. graphics and stuff. So like, I know it was what felt like months. It felt very fast, but it was like every single day. Even before we were together, I was getting stuff ready to show her at like our office, um, which is all evidenced, you know, here in these texts, I'm like sending mm-hmm. her, here's the, the ticket site with, with Veep's logo, like all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, which that was May, let's see, May 25th. So like we were in communication for a, a large period of time, um, but the, pretty much the day she put that video up. Mm-hmm. She had sent me a way, oh, let's fucking do it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I'll start working on some ideas and some drafts. And then I eventually, she went to EDC, um, mm-hmm. which I don't remember when it was. And then I like stayed to work on TanaCon, even though like I got them their EDC passes. May 18th, I had sent her the guest check-in list for EDC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like prior to all of that feature creator registration, I had sent May 16th. Uh-huh. Um, we were planning it at Playlist. Like a, a lot of things kind of leading up, but I think... Once we kind of announced it, everyone's like, oh, they planned it in a month. But we had already, like, cheat-approved hotel at that point. Everything was, like, in motion. I yeah, like no, point. I mean, I'm not – it's still, like, even based on the timeline you're giving me, and I'm not doubting That's, your timeline, it is still about two months before the – two months and a half before the event, essentially. Yeah, I think yeah. I always said, like, three months because mm-hmm. I think it's, like, two and a half. That's probably mm-hmm. right, which is fast. Yeah. Um, but I was confident – I was beyond confident if we did it in January at mm-hmm. our hotel that we'd already paid for, had on contract, that, like, we were golden. Was that hotel that different than the Marriott we, you ended up being at? Yeah, it was in okay. Chicago at oh, the okay. Palomar, which we had done every single year for as long as Good Times existed. That's where Tana was at for our convention prior, where we had a lot of, like, promotional footage shot. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew how we laid it out. We knew how to set up. The hotel knew what was going on. We had security there. But, like because she wanted it to be so close to VidCon and so same time, same city, we were very limited. There's like X amount of hotels in Anaheim that are frankly not Disney. And then like with VidCon there, everything was fully booked. So we had like two or three options. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then with with conventions, especially with one as big as VidCon, like they they sign contracts with surrounding hotels that they won't hold conflicting events. Yes. And we had to get like, um that was actually a, a very big problem because we tried to get one that was like right there you know those two hotels right across mm-hmm. from the, the uh, convention center yes we tried to get one of those um i like called in favors for mine at insomniac like i called people very high up and was like you know what can we do we came up with the idea of like more of a festival stuff obviously insomniac is, is like festivals and so mm-hmm. like insomniac was not involved and i don't want to use their name at all but like i yeah. called and asked for advice and i was like what should I do? And he's like, maybe you should get like a field and build a stage out there. All of which I was down for because there's way less, I don't know, constraints. Mm-hmm. But then we had like ultimately one choice and that was the hotel that we were at, mm-hmm. um, which had a limited capacity in the Amazon doc. I literally say capacity is this. Uh, what do you want to do? And she's like, oh, we love an existential crisis for you, but are we going to stop selling them? And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, are we? No. So 
Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, so you know, I have watched the Amazon doc, and I've w- probably watched it more than a lot of people have. <laughs> I've had to watch it multiple times for stuff. Um, so there is a point where, and I do have the screenshot. I can add that in there of where you show Tana the um, the ticket portal on Veeps from your end. And um, I mentioned this um, there. It's uh, total sales at the time, and I think this is the same night as the first meeting. It says forty-two thousand total sales. Um, featured creator two hundred out of two hundred. Featured fucking creator six fifty-two out of five thousand. And that was just at the start. So, I mean, already then five thousand, you know, isn't going to fit at least in the ballroom of that hotel. And that's what I had like kind of told her. I was like. This is not going to fit. Um, I had set that sent to the, I'm like, listen, we have to cap this at something. We can't just put like a hundred thousand tickets out. Cause mm. what if they sell? Um, I was like, at the very max, let's anticipate 5,000. And we planned for 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a portion of those were free tickets that she had, you know, said, we're going to give away free tickets. Those were first come first serve. We added a couple later at some point. Um, Shane, when Shane announced, that's when tickets skyrocketed mm-hmm. um as i didn't i didn't even know, frankly i did not know who shane dawson was at that point mm-hmm. um i worked with a lot of like musically and you now and tiktok well it wasn't tiktok musically and yeah. like viners and some youtubers but like i didn't tan and i met through mutual friends and her coming to my convention and so i didn't know who shane was did not know what to expect mm-hmm. jordan morona's freaking out and like oh that's cool like I love that Shane posted that. Cool. I quickly got to learn who Shane was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think at some point I was probably like, okay, so we're not going to sell more than 5,000 tickets. Here's our plan. And I, I'll put in the drive, um, okay. which I think they like showed on Dr. Phil, like security briefs. I hired a director of events. Nobody knows that. Like I didn't, run the event i hired a director of event obviously i did i sat in the mm-hmm. room and like signed off on things and but like no one knows that there was people you know hired to do that, that that's why like the day started late but like we had planned for five thousand people i was confident in five thousand mm-hmm. might not have fit in a ballroom at one time but that was never like the intention okay. there was multiple meetups having at the same time which would draw people out um jen who was like bella thorne's manager was handling food trucks and everything outside so i was like okay cool we're going to have things outside. I mm-hmm. had told them I wanted to stay outside to have like entertainment for those in line. Mm-hmm. And just in case you wanted to go out. Um, so a lot of things that like. So there was preparation of, or at least a plan in place for people who would be waiting outside. There was an expectation. 100%. Okay. And for the record, like, okay. Um, there's two things I want to say about the line. Okay. One, no. Number one we should have had a better registration process and we should have had a check-in for free tickets versus not. Because mm-hmm. when Tana tweeted that we're going to cut your passes off, come over, everyone makes in the same line. And then we were like, okay, you have a free ticket. Please wait to decide mm-hmm. until you, you can. Um, that was a fuck up and an, an oversight by the, probably multiple staff members, but ultimately myself um, mm-hmm. should have changed that. Um, one of the girls who was working check-in has literally made herself an influencer from saying that all of that. But like, they had a full team of meetings. Our director of operations, who handles operations, was like in charge of making sure check-in process went beautifully. Obviously, with an event this size, I can't be everywhere at once mm-hmm. I, as much as I should have been. Um, but at we, the, I just, I just want to real quick because um, at the, I understand, I, I fully understand that you cannot be everywhere at once in an event like this. But at the end of the day, 
you were Michael Weist of Good Times Live, you know, like you were one oh, of no, the it's, players. Oh no, it's my fault, one hundred percent. And like, for the record, my last name is Weist. Everyone always pronounces it. I'm wrong, sorry. Oh gosh, it's, it's okay. Uh, no, it is my fault. And like, I should have pressed that there should have been a separate line. I didn't even think about it because like we've done check in a thousand times. Never had an issue like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, if they have a ticket. They're gonna come to this check in. Boom. Um, I did not anticipate like an influx of people. My fault. Complete oversight. That is fuck up of many that happened mm-hmm. and that was a problem um but i never anticipated the line for anyone to have to like wait that long um the, the check-in was supposed to start quite early uh when i woke up the day of the event i was like why is the line not already moving why are mm-hmm. people not inside already like you know nick swenson the director of events whom i think i told you to be a dm if you don't know nick Nick has been in this industry as long as I have. He used to run MagCon mm-hmm. with like Cameron Dallas and Taylor. Nick knows what he's doing. I was suspicious when he asked to be my director of events for like, I didn't know if he was doing this to sabotage me or if he was, because we were always competitors. Um, okay. And like, I woke uh, I said, yeah, you can do it. Uh, I could use the help. I trust you. You know what you're doing. You've been in this industry a long time. And he was doing a, a damn good job, like showing me everything I needed and really executing well until that point when I woke up and I was like, why is registration not going already? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, we're just waiting. I'm like, on what? Mm-hmm. And then like, that's when I was like, let them in, start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, what time was that? Because I, I got in line, let's see, I, about seven. I was in line pretty yeah. early. And it was, was already gonna, wrapped around the parking lot at that point. It was supposed to be early because I think we had sent out an email or like a notification or something. Maybe, night- maybe through Veeps. How? Yeah, the there, day before. Yeah, there was one that said um, originally registration was going to start at, I think, 8 or 10. It was like a, a later registration time. It got changed to 6 a.m. And then the door still would not open till 10, I think, is what it said. And then at the very bottom, and I remember this so well, there was a, a little uh, thread that said, and remember, no refunds, smiley face. And <laughs> that was like a running joke. And I, I God, I hope I can find this email because I just remember thinking it was a- almost comical. Okay, hang yeah, on. Yeah, I wonder who wrote that. I think it was our um, director of PR at that time, who was the Janie that I referenced. Oh, and here I we go, here we go, here we go. Found it. Okay. Um, so it's not no refunds. It says, reminder, all sales are final. And then it's not a winky face. It is a little O face. Oh, yeah, I did not write that. I'm yeah. Type something like that. <laughs> I've, I've never write that. Not professional. I probably didn't even see that message. Um mm-hmm. This is from but Veeps, Jane, by the way. It, it okay. was sent out by Veeps. But Good Times uh, Live is the, uh, it's like, um, let's see. No reply Veeps, but yeah, Good Times Live. But it's through the Veeps portal, I'm assuming. Yeah, because it says okay. a new message from Good Times Live. Interesting. But I think we had done that so that we could like register meet and greet groups between that because Veeps didn't have a way to like do a lottery like I wanted. Hindsight, I should have said no to Veeps and done a lottery through like Eventbrite or a software that had that built in. Mm-hmm. However... I didn't because I wanted to do whatever. Um, But when I woke up, that line should have already been moving. People should have already checked in between six and 10 during that buffer time and like had wristbands and know what groups they're in and be hanging out. I think, I don't think there was any point in like waiting, which Mm -hmm. really shocked me. And if you look at my face, I think there's like scenes in the Amazon doc. I don't know if Phil was filming that or not, but I like literally run out of the hotel so fast. And I'm like, why the fuck is this line not moving? Um, Mm -hmm really took me by surprise because mm-hmm. I had far expected that to be happening. Um, so that was like number one. Number two, 
was I didn't expect like Tana to, to tweet, you know, leave VidCon and come over. We expected 5,000 in line. And I was like, okay, that'll take, you know, X amount of time to move through. Mm-hmm. So that's what we had that buffer for. And that's why I was so surprised. Number two, and I, I like have never said this, but it kind of goes without saying like no one was forced to be in line at any point. I don't want people to think that like I held them hostage there. <laughs> Obviously, like if you're in line to get into something, you're going to stay in line when you've paid money for an event. And I think something that a lot of people seem to forget because even VIP, which is what I got because free tickets were gone at the point. Yeah, in total, it came to about $79, $74, $79 after taxes and all that. But there were so many people who paid and traveled to come to this event because it was so 100%. cheap. And, and we should have done like hotel packages. Looking back on it, I would do a lot of things differently. Um, I don't blame anyone for like not getting out. I would just like to say on the record, like I did not. If you get out of this line, you, you know, like, no, mm-hmm. I didn't. I also like people wait in line at Disney World. You know, you're out. It, I'm so sorry. And like, I cannot apologize enough that it did not go the way I want to outside. However, I did not anticipate for anyone to get sunburned. I never anticipate anyone to be in that line that long. 5,000 people should not take that long to move through a line. Uh, that was a failure of like multiple staffs and ultimately my fault. But like, yeah, I don't know. I just like... Also, the whole food truck, like Jin, who is Bella Thorne's manager, mm-hmm. they had said they were getting all these food trucks there. To my knowledge, food trucks were there. I was told Jin. They were. So where the food trucks were, were um, actually there. So where the parking lot ended for the hotel, there was a street. And then across the street in a lot was where the food trucks were. So it was so not like visibly there, right there. Not right there. Yeah, no. They should have been. I told Jen exactly where I wanted them. I did not set them up. I go out there because I was doing a thousand other things. Mm-hmm. But like Jen should have made sure. I don't know. A lot of things kind of slipped through the, the cracks that day of, I think, because those those trucks should have been there. Um, and like there should have been that four hour process. People should have been able to go to food trucks and come back. And like it, it was supposed to flow a lot better. But by the point in which like People had already been there early and the line didn't move by the time that I had gotten out there to see. People were already pissed, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would be, hell, I'd be, I'm upset if I'm waiting two hours at a Disney line. Um, And like excitement, everything built up. So like once it kind of got moving and like ultimately moving forward, every sort of try checking in, I think like I took a, a breath and was like, okay, it's moving. Um, but the intention for all of these 5,000 people were not to be in the ballroom at once. It was supposed to be like, the hotel had said, let's do waves. We're going to band them with um, wristbands mm-hmm. and have groups this time to this time, which I wasn't crazy about because I like the convention feel. I fucking love conventions. Like I've been since the very first playlist, I've been at every playlist, mm-hmm. got to know owners, built my own convention. Love it. Like I wanted people to be able to come in and out and hang out and like go to this room and then go to this lounge mm-hmm. and have an exciting experience. So I didn't love the idea of like doing waves, but Tana was insistent and the hotel was insistent that people would go back and forth between VidCon and there. So I was like, okay, we'll see. How are you going to force people out after their wave? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. We told security and then the hotel was like, yeah, we, we briefed security on it too, which I wonder, I think I've got it actually. Okay. Um, and I'll add it to this. Yeah, the thing quick. about, and I, I mentioned this in, because what ended up happening at VidCon or for not VidCon, TanaCon, um, from my experience, is they did the, I call it the first round of shutdown, where they just kind of cleared everyone out, told everyone they were shutting down the event. And then I was someone, I was one of the people who hid and was able to stay inside. And then while we, while they were still trying to force us out into the front through the lobby, they started letting more people in. 
And so yes. that, that caused even more of a frenzy because people were And pissed. I was so livid at um, the hotel, which was like, Jordan Verona didn't get involved until like the day they got to the hotel prior to the convention was like, I think one or two days before it started. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was like, okay, I want to be really involved. And um, he was handling like wristbands and, and meetup groups and such like that. And mm-hmm. um, some of the programming while well, like, the hotel started freaking out when all these extra people started showing up because we had anticipated 5,000 to the best of our knowledge. And it clearly became more than that. And then that they like freaked out and like shut the door. And I was like, how many do you think were there? Because, um, the not, I believe it was the following day or a day after the garden, the city of garden Grove, uh, did make a statement that they had escorted off about five, four to 5,000 people off the parking lot and then 1,000 people that were inside, which would max about, let's say max 7,000 were actually trackable there. I saw that, mm-hmm. um, but like, I'm getting information from multiple sources. Okay. Uh, if you see in like the Amazon doc, mm-hmm. like the security literally tells the camera there's 15,000 people outside. Um, so imagine me sitting in a boardroom and here comes my head of security, there's 15,000 people outside and the hotel's sitting right there and they then freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So like, we're operating on the thought that there's 10,000 extra people approximately outside. Mm-hmm. Instantly raises like adrenaline levels and everything goes. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not doubting that like in the moment, the frenzy of just like, oh my God, this is so many people and then making a guesstimate and all of that. But I just want to make sure that I, we're, do you truly I, believe that there was 15,000 people there? I think I believe that there was somewhere between five and like 13 um, okay. outside at which point I don't know like what max point. I just know that like there was a lot of things happening outside of my control. Like when the hotel stepped in, I pleaded with, I wish that was in the Amazon um, doc. I like pleaded with the hotel and was like, do not stop. They're like, we're canceling your event. I was like, that is going to make everything worse. Open the door. Like, usually you have these, the, the lower level staff. And everyone says, you know, I said I have a staff of like 100 people. Well, there's like the executive staff, which I talk about on mm-hmm. like Dr. Phil. But then there is a staff of 100 people that are all below all of us. At least people and that so, are contracted to work on the event, essentially. Right, yeah. right. And so like, I'm sitting in an office with the vice president of the region for Marriott and the general manager of the hotel, myself, the head of security. And then everyone else is still elsewhere dealing Mm -hmm. with everything and so by the time i'm out of that meeting things are escalating so then it's just like we're operating off of information that we get in like a moment and they're saying there's fifteen thousand people so we all run into the office and have this discussion we bring in fire marshal he's like this is not safe and i'm like i fucking know it's not safe um you know i don't mean to laugh sorry sorry. i mean it's like funny looking back on it in certain situations i was like Frankly, I told the lady at general, at like the, the GM, I was like, if you stop this, you're going to find me dead because they're going to riot and someone's going to fucking murder me. Do you want my blood? Like, mm-hmm. it was comical to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but like, not in that moment. It was very yeah. intense. No, I, I, um, I don't doubt that the, I mean, whether it was 5,000 or 13,000, there was a horde of people who were, a majority not, of whom were young teenagers. I think we yeah. can accept that. And they had already at that point, a lot of them had already been standing outside for several hours and were pissed off, you know? So I think- And I get that. My mm-hmm. goal was like, from an executive level, I want them to have the, one of the reasons I like built that was for everyone to have the most amazing experience. That's why Good Times was called Good Times. Like it mm-hmm. was not, 
anything else other than people having the like most amazing experience of their life and instantly i'm like okay we need to fix that here we go like you know so mm. i wasn't happy and then i get into this room and they're like there is no option for us to continue this at this hotel and i'm like yeah clearly what if we split it um i'm like yeah, clearly we, there's more people this is after i had like everything's happening mm. while it's really happening i basically tell them can we split it they're like yes if you can find another venue to have it i always have a venue on like back mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it like backup venue yeah which you see me go to in the amazon doc yes they had told me prior that we had it for x dollars and we could do this 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 and this and i was like cool so i'm gonna go over there we're just gonna do it then i get there and he's like i see what's happening and ask for like fifty thousand dollars more mm. and i lose it that's when i'm like oh my god uh when I walk back from there is when you see me break down the middle of the street. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Because mm -hmm. now they won't let me buy the venue that, like, I literally can't. Marriott won't let me put a stage outside. They won't let me do anything else. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that realization. Was there a contract in place with the other hotel, at least? Or was it just a verbal, like, you're our backup plan type of thing? It was a backup plan because they wanted a uh, full payment up front. And I was like, okay, well, I can't sign that contract. But if we need it, I'll come back over here. We'll get it. And, mm. and the girl, whom I still talk to. Um, Is she the one holding the, it, the, Someone was holding a little dog at one point. Or yes, was I? Yes, okay. Um, she's sweet as can be. Mm. And she was like the booker or whatever. The guy at the desk is like the boss, the owner. Um, and then, you know, she's trying to like help us because she wants the commission, I'm sure. Mm. And like, ultimately we don't make it work. That's when I start walking back and I'm just like, Oh, we're fucked. What? I don't know what other options we are. We go in that room. I'm like, at this point in full, what are we going to do mode? That's when we make the decision to like, you know, cancel the rest of the day or something like that. Mm -hmm. Somewhere at that time I had made that decision that we have no choice. I don't want people getting trampled. People can't stand outside, you know, mm -hmm. all of which like during all of these conversations, the, again, the whole staff is like operating, you know, um, independently with their, like Taylor, the director of operations is supposed to be running operations. Nick, the director of events is supposed to run the entire event. And then it all filters back to me for those decisions. So like, I'm assuming everything's still operational and still happening. I'm trying to find a backup plan so that we can continue for the next day without any hiccups that falls through. So that's when I'm like, all right, I don't know what we're going to do. We get back to the hotel and I'm like, where the fuck is Tana? Mm -hmm. Let me see what she wants to do. This Where's is still Jordan? night one, correct? The end of yeah, like let's end of day at one point because I left after things were like shut down, get out. It was around, I'd say that was where I got upstairs and like hit upstairs for a little bit for like an hour or two. I'd say around four p.m. is when I finally was like, okay, I'm gonna leave and go to my car. So I'd say it was around four p.m. when it was like, okay, the event's done for the day. Like get out of here. Yeah, that was the evening and like. Mm -hmm. During that time, I think the fire marshal from the hotel had like started ushering people out. Mm -hmm. Sydney made the statement. I'm just like, okay, let's figure out what our plan is. Um, and then I get back to the hotel. Tana and Jordan are nowhere to be found because they're at Studio 71's VidCon party. And I'm like, what the fuck? This girl is at a party when we should literally be finding a solution. I was livid. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone is in the room. At that point, we're just like, what's the plan? What's the plan? And then ultimately, we don't get any sleep that night. Still mm -hmm. trying to find the plan. The next day I go out and make the statement in front of the cameras and be like, we, we cannot continue this. Um, but like in a synopsis, I feel like that kind of covers the, the a timeline, but I think we thought people were going to go in waves. And I, I just added to the drive, like mm -hmm. 
basically wristbands and coordination to show that we had like planned out by day, by room, so that we could break up capacity. Because I knew 5,000 was a lot. And, you know, we had brief security, 5,000 people are going to be there. Um, and just kind of like, I can, I wonder, during all of this too, like the back of house, which the fans obviously don't like see, run perfectly fine. Like we had a whole floor we bought out that is the creator um, talent floor. Mm-hmm. The lounge upstairs, which is sponsored by FanJoy, is running. The creators are having a great time because they don't have any obligation to go on stage. They're just partying with each other. We end up having Tana's like birthday party, the creator party night one. Mm-hmm. You know, I come up to Tana like, don't worry, we're going to figure this out. I'm so sorry all this happened. She's just pissed at me, and which I get. I mean, I totally understand. But there was still no point of like, let's figure this out. It was just whatever. So we all have the creator party night one. And then day two starts and you know that's when we were just like we don't have any other options at that point we'd already canceled it anyways but that kind of like is a synopsis of what happened through there to give you some timeline yeah so i mean my next question is going to be um i think we should talk about security because that's something that i think a lot of people ask about and something that um has been speculated upon a lot so we should talk about that and uh, Dr. Phil talked about this as well. They shared the, um, allegedly when the uh, contract was signed, which they say was the day of the event or the day before, I believe, June 22nd. Um, is that incorrect or anything like that? Or I'm looking to see what I can find. I've got okay. to find like that archive folder. Um, so security changed a ton because like the hotel kept changing things. I wanted to mm-hmm. make sure that everything was like, up to the most moment. So like I signed several copies of it, um, but we had walked through security before there was even, like I was on site at the hotel at least a week prior to the event. I'm sure if I could find my flight somewhere. Like my Uh whole staff was in the the room. We had built out the office like a week prior. So I had walked through with fire. So you you had gone through the hotel. That was one of the questions one of the attendees asked me to ask you about was if you had actually been to the venue before the event. I did. And mm-hmm. Tana had saw it before, too, because she had came in two or three days prior. Obviously, at that point, we were kind of like, um, you know, stuck in whatever decision that we made there. But, mm-hmm. like, we, we all saw it before. And I actually toured it a couple weeks prior to that um, when I was, like, at Tana's house in part of the Amazon doc. Mm-hmm. I went to I walked through it with the hotel, you know, several times, to say the least. I had I'd seen the hotel. Um, and then... Ultimately, we walked through security several different times. I will say when it comes to security, there was one company in all of Anaheim that had any security guards. And that's because VidCon obviously had everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like they called in extra people. They called in staff. I had like David Dobrik getting into a fight with security guard that I got called personally got called out to go resolve because the security guard didn't even let him go in. And I'm like, bro, what you doing? This man trying to go to check in. Let him in. Like that security company, I have nothing nice to say about because I think mm. they just hired anyone who wanted a paycheck and did not run them through, which I'll add to the drive in a second, okay. our like, security briefing. Yeah, of course. Um, um, the other statement crazy. was actually one made by, I want to say Tana. Um, she claimed that you she had found out that the night before the event, you had ordered T-shirts from an Instagram account to that said security on them. And you were like, having security wear these shirts or something that you had gotten hell no okay i made sure that we had uniformed guards Mm -hmm. um and like 
I'm going to sh- actually I found it. Let's see. Okay. So here is, and some of this information, there's like multiples. So if you want to see something more, like more creator stuff, let me know. Okay. Um, this security brief is like how in depth that we briefed security on protocols. Every single guard has a copy of the document that I just uploaded. Okay. Where they can meet up, where the back entrances are, everything. I sat down with everyone on their team. And you look at the bottom of that, this says Nick Swinson, director of events. So mm-hmm. like at some point, somebody else had to take some accountability too. But I personally sat down with the head of security, the fire marshal, Nick and my staff and walked through every hotel. and was like, this is back of house. Fans do not enter here. This is where creators check in. Mm-hmm. Like walked them through everything. And then I think that security company was like, oh, we've probably never done something this big. Um, we need to call in more guards, which is probably at what point I signed a revised security protocol or whatever like okay. a revised contract so that we had more guards and i was like i want uniformed guards everyone needs to be in the same thing otherwise fans are not going to know who's security creators are not going to know who's security mm-hmm. but no i would never order it would cost more money to order them through instagram or some shop than to like make sure the security company brought them it probably yeah. says it in the contract okay which i wonder if i can find okay. um um, yeah, the security was something that uh, was definitely stipulated a lot. Even at the day of the event, allegedly there was someone who, uh, there was allegedly a group of girls who was able to um, coerce their way in through a security yeah. guard or two. Um, yeah, that was one of the claims made. Um, I was pissed. And anytime I found out shit like that, obviously I go and handle it myself um, because it's like not okay. Mm-hmm. And like one of my things, even during all of this, the back of the house, I want creators to have a good time because that's my business. That's mm-hmm. like the core of my business. I want creators to have a great experience so that one, we continue to work together mm-hmm. Two, you know, we know exactly where everyone is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if I find out some shit like that, I instantly get involved. Can we um, ask or can we talk about the, uh, young oh god but how old was he at that time 15 the 15 year old who managed to get backstage and up with creators during uh the shutdown events i would like to know whom um so the person running back a house is, is Janie. she did okay. creator check-in obviously i'm off site uh-huh. um so like i don't know if he knew someone no or he guard. he was a youth so um i actually interviewed him uh he was 15. He uh, did a lot of sneak, he later made a video about like how safe really are we, where he showed how easy it was to get into a variety of events, including TanaCon. Um, and he literally just walked out with the camera, had no badge, had nothing, and was just let in and passed multiple security guards, was let through multiple doors. And uh, he ended up getting, being right next to Tana and Bella at one point and had them both on camera. And- uh, That is- crazy mm-hmm. um and i would have flipped my shit if i was in the room and have known that um i will say this at any event there is a certain level of like and i'm sure you know this if you look like you're supposed to be there a lot of times security will be like you're probably supposed to be there i don't want to bother them mm-hmm. um that goes to anything i like have been at the biggest music festivals in the world backstage and seen a fan who just like brought in some camera gear and, and come backstage and they're interviewing Billie Eilish. And I'm like, how did you do that? At which point I will go to the security guard and be like, literally this happened a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, check their credentials. They're clearly not supposed to be back there. And they're like, oh my God, thank you. You just saved my job. But like, I hate when that shit happens. There was also an understanding at like TanaCon that 
anyone's a featured creator. So like, I don't know if maybe they got escorted by someone, but at the end of the day, it probably was a matter of like, someone thought they were supposed to be there, didn't check. The way creator check-in works, and I probably have it somewhere, okay. um, is like, yeah, he Creators. does have, I'll, I'll send you the link uh, when we're done here for his video. But there is one point where he, I think, I don't know if they're good time employees or what, but he, it's them or they're either wearing the good time shirts or they were with security. But he just said, I just found a door and I went through it and now I'm back here. And he straight up just tells them like, I don't think I'm supposed to be back here. And they're just I like, oh. I would have oh. lost my shit. <laughs> I would have literally lost it the second I found out. Oh my God, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, okay, but so I will say that a lot of things like that happen. I added some stuff in here yeah. um, just so you can kind of see some different things. I have so many documents I'm trying to find. Uh, let's see. I'm looking off my external hard drives too. So the, the lounge, is that where behind where the uh, stage was? Would you say? So I, let me see which you're talking about. The one that says like Tanacon lounge and it's round. And yes. It, like, has tables. No, that was on the talent floor. So like just for an example of things that you can see outside mm -hmm. you know like there was a lot of planning that went into it it wasn't just like it was kind of thrown together um, yeah I, I i'm not i mean i let me f figure out the way to phrase this because i think um so my background with events i do have a background working with my father's company which is a medical device conference that is definitely not a convention it's definitely not tanacon but I know how much it goes into making sure that doctor types aren't pissed off and calling the police on a mismanaged event, you know? And so yeah. even hearing two months, like I'm like, okay, even if you did everything and broke it down into steps, that doesn't seem like enough time for everything that has to come together for an event. Yeah. And like, it, you're right. That's probably why there was a lot of oversights. Um, at the end of the day, my young naive driven by ambition self mm -hmm. should have said no to a lot of things that i did mm -hmm. and because of that you know I, I can't deny like things did not go the way that i wanted them to um and that is some of the biggest learning lessons i've ever had to take um but like at the end of the day there was not some like conspiracy for me to you know, take people's money or like this, that, and the other. It was literally meant out of the best of intentions between everyone. It wasn't like Tana wanted this shit to happen either, you know? Yeah, I think, well, I uh, mean, I, you can still, we can argue that, you know, Firefest had the best of intentions as well and wanted to give people a fun week in the Bahamas, you know? But I mean, there, it doesn't, I, I don't want to say that like anything criminal happened or anything like that, but I mean, there is a difference between like wanting to scam someone or not wanting to scam someone. And then, you know, people's needs aren't met, you know, safety requirements. Totally. Aren't met. And, and I don't deny that. Mm -hmm. I like, I know I fucked up. I apologize. I have spent a large part of my career trying to like rectify that. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of like mistakes that were made and a failure on, on my side and my team, like I, there was no, everyone calls me like scammer and criminal. Like I literally wanted nothing more than for it to go perfectly. Mm -hmm. Hell, I would have been ecstatic. Um, mm. It didn't. And that's because of the things you're talking about. Like we, we failed in, in certain areas and I recognize that. Um, but I just like, I can't fathom how anyone would think this was intentional. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people have, like painted it out to be that way as like some mysterious 
but it, it's impossible. Like no one would want bankruptcy to happen. No one would want these things to happen. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Also, as a side note, I just found the legal zoom invoice that has the date of 2018 when I paid for the trademark. So okay, I great. added that. Um, but point being like, I literally wanted nothing more than for everyone to have the most amazing experience. It would have catapulted everything we were doing to, you know, TanaCon New York. Like it would have been a, a much bigger process. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of it happened for a reason, not only reasons of like failure and oversight and staff and, and my faults, but like, also I, I think there had to be some cosmic play because I'm grateful to have learned the things I did learn. Uh, I also am grateful that like, how did it have went well? I try to think what that future would look like. And it's not a future that I would be happy in. I know that now. Um, mm-hmm. Ambition at the time blinded me for sure. And I should have said no to a lot of things. I was young. Tana was young. We were all young. And like mm-hmm. social media is growing up on camera. I have been a part of that as well. Uh, you know, I started this business when I was 17, uh, a junior in high school, selling my first car to like finance it. It was learning from experience and this is a hell of an experience to learn from. I can say that. Yeah. Um, so I know we briefly touched on, had you previously, cause I think the conception that I had heard and I just accepted at that point was, um, that good times live had been at least involved in Tana's tour. And that's how this partnership came about. Had you guys actually worked together prior to the event other than just her going to your, like your conventions that you're saying? So we um, went to like her tour stop when I was in Chicago for some other business thing. I like went as a friend and we like shot some photos for a clothing line that I was doing some stuff with. It. Um, but no, outside of her coming to my event, like we had, I was not involved with her tour, nothing. And mm-hmm. I, when we did get involved and like decided to do this, I tried a lot of options because frankly, I knew that like, young i have done some big conventions but not what i expected this to be um you know still kind of new to that and i like called full screen live who did her tour mm-hmm. and was like do you guys want to be involved they said no we had a meeting at playlist about it the gentleman who ran full screen live was like actually we're going to shut down full screen lives um touring division which mm-hmm. i they have still not brought back up um and we actually had a tour with them planned called Love is Love that was like Jackson, Larray, a bunch of other mm-hmm. YouTubers. So I got canceled. But they, but so sorry, I just want to make sure we're clarifying. But full screen didn't say that because they didn't want to do something with Tan. It was just, oh no, we're shutting down that that category of our business, right? To, to my knowledge. I mean, okay. He probably couldn't straight up be like, we're going to shut down touring forever so we don't want to be a part of it. Because we, we had a discussion, like we sat down in person and met together. So there was at least interest, mm-hmm. but ultimately they didn't want to do it. Um, you know, she didn't want to do January, which I was very confident that would have been the best bet because we mm-hmm. had planned, we had- The we knew following we had January, correct? So 2019. Right. It would have been that January coming up after, yeah. you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, like Ashley Swan, who was Tana's best friend, registered because we still had good time scheduled after TanaCon. That convention, that hotel was still paid for. Like mm-hmm. Ashley registered to be a creator for that. Um, so I think that was interesting how- Tana is like actively going out on this campaign to tarnish my name. Yet Ashley has registered to be a creator at our event in January within the following months of TanaCon. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, I don't know. I mean, like, no, the simple answer is we did not work together prior to this event other than like her being a feature creator at my convention, us becoming good friends and like me going on her tour stops and just kind of hanging out and like mm-hmm. 
then we decided to do this together and the rest is history. Okay. Well, uh, this kind of leads into one of the questions that, um, so you mentioned that you would be fine with me taking some questions from other attendees that I speak to, some of whom were in the Dr. Phil audience. Um, but one of the questions they asked were, um, let me find it. Um, talking about Tana and then did you have, uh, negative interactions before the event and when i say that i mean were you aware of like the i mean her sleeping in is a notorious fact about her and her being late to things is a notorious fact and i'm just saying like this is something that has been for, for anyone watching or listening this is something that has been uh prevalent in tana throughout tana's career is her lack of lack of um promptness <laughs> let's go with that the answer is like yes and no. As we started to go through this process, I very quickly recognized uh, I didn't have the partner I expected to have. However, a lot of the talent that I was working with, like managing, was very much the opposite. They were driven. They wanted to work. They were excited to work. Tana was showing me she was excited, but like not giving me the time needed to do things. Because like, obviously, outside of an event, we have other aspects of business. So like... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to put the things in place that she needs to be successful for the event, hiring a director of events, hire, you know, it wasn't until Jordan got there that he ever started like helping with programming. Like this is going to be this panel. I didn't know all her guests. Hell, they were still adding guests that day. And so like, I didn't know who should be on what panel with whom I, I knew we would like create a panel and be like, this is an idea. Who do you want on it? And then like, Tana doesn't even remember this, but like her and her mother came to the hotel mm -hmm. uh, right after Tana had oral surgery and like, she doesn't remember any of that. She like denies and it's like, no, I was never there. But like, yeah, you are literally met your mother. Like there was a lot of things. So she had that, seen, are you saying she had seen the venue before the event or like what is, what's the significance? Yeah. And her? like we were there asking for just like feedback, but that was like a week prior. I think. Okay. Uh, and like, were you aware that she was going on a, a Hawaii trip two weeks before the event or aware is a word you could use. She had asked me if I was, I was like, girl, no, I got to stay here and plan this event. Like, oh, so she invited you with her. <laughs> yes. And like the, the same thing with EDC, like I'm out here planning her event for her when like at the, the basis of it, I really should have just been funding and like setting up logistics for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then a certain it is, it was Tana Khan. Like her vision was what we needed to carry out it. You know, we would make a panel and be like, is this okay? And she's like, no, change these creators. I'm like, if you would have just come to the meeting, you probably would have been able to like save us all of this work, which mm -hmm. would allow me more time to focus on other things. She would tweet out or make videos and say, the goodie bag's going to have this. And I'm like, is it? You just going to let me know now? And it's Yeah, really that was something I also was going to ask was about I, I, the yeah. tweeting. Because, uh, I that mean. That threw it, us off. Yeah. To say the least. And like, uh, I would text Jordan and be like, um... So Tana said, we're going to have this, 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 and this. Do y'all have that? You didn't even approve that by me. We don't have a, the budget to get X amount of whatever. These goodie bags that she wanted, like, where is that money coming from, Tana? Like, we we can't. And then, like, we didn't even order those TanaCon condoms until I was on site in the hotel because she would not give, like, approval on what the design was or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, everything we needed to make it TanaCon could not happen. Like, mm -hmm. up until that point, we kind of did our part. We booked the hotel, we booked security, you know, we, we had everything in place. And then because she's busy living her life and doing whatever, not to blame her for any of this, but like, we, we didn't have the things we needed as well. So then it became mm -hmm. like, 
which I very just kind of quickly learned that, okay, I don't know if we're ever going to get it. Then Jordan was like frantic because I guess he realized she had not given us that. And so he's sitting in the office with my team who is literally sleepless nights planning this event. And I'm like, Jordan, who's on this panel? Like, can you confirm that they're going to be here by this time at this location? Go get them from the green room or bring them here. Like the, the full rundown that we do, because like in Chicago, we do our convention. We'll have whatever panel, right? Then a talent coordinator will go get that group for the panel, put them in the green room, get them ready and then bring them to the panel. So like, I was like, Jordan, have you coordinated with your team who's handling talent to do that? Mm -hmm. That kind of gave him a wake up call a little bit and was like, oh, no. And I'm like, okay, well, Shane has requested this. Where are we at? Like, you're supposed to be the one coordinating all of Tana's talent. So ultimately, like, no, we didn't have the things we needed. But I started to learn, like, when we're supposed to be at Bella Thorne's house and I'm literally in this girl's living room, I'm like, where is what? Where is Tana? We were supposed to be there an hour ago and this girl is asleep. I'm like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. But what, what could we have done that was, if I canceled the event, uh, I'm the bad, like there was no outcome in my head that was not move forward, you know, like without now it'd be very different because I have fucking learned, but like, I would have to call Jordan and be like, can you call Tana? Like, am I supposed to go wake her up in her room? That's weird. I don't want to go in her room. Mm -hmm. Uh, like, Yeah. It, it was crazy, and like, I, I never expected the shit to happen to happen, but it did. Mm -hmm. And was there yeah. ever a moment where you just had a, a straight up conversation with Tana, like, "Look, you need to stop tweeting. You need to stop speaking randomly about this without at least clearing things with us first, because you're at the end of the day, Tana is." Because I, I get where because there are certain things where it's like, "Oh, that was Tana. That wasn't me," and things like that. And I understand that, but at the end of the day when you're running an event it and that's me. your figurehead of your event. And at the end, a lot of the uh, advertising for this was done over Twitter and done by Tana. So yeah. as a, as an attendee who, you know, may not be doing enough digging, like I am supposed to believe everything she's saying because I'm not being told any different. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I can't remember if we ever had a conversation. A, a lot of it kind of like turned to, to blur, I think due to like, emotional distress and I'm like oh my god I just cannot keep reliving it because for a while I would replay literally every scenario in my head and be like what should I have done different what could I have done different which is probably a good thing or a bad thing I don't know like mm -hmm. long story short wasn't good for my mental health so like shit has blurred together I don't remember if I ever sat down with her or even had the opportunity and was like you need to stop I think I did at some point she had like made a video that generated a link from like Forbes that was announcing Casey Neistat and all these creators. And I'm like, girl, I didn't even know they were coming. Mm -hmm. You gotta like, give me a heads up at least. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately I was like a minuscule part of Tana's attention until she got there, which is a day or two days prior to the event. Mm -hmm. um, and which like, I can't remember. I know I bought her a Hummer cause she wanted a Hummer limo to, to come from her house to Anaheim. Uh -huh. And I can't remember if that was like, if she went home and then took a limo the day of the event. I don't remember, but like, Tana I think was she stayed in because I remember late because I'm speaking specifically on the uh, Shane Dawson side of things. Um, she at least the night of like the shutdown or the day after, she was still in Anaheim at the hotel or something. So I'm fairly certain they stayed in Anaheim, whether it was that hotel or a different one. And like, long story short, again, Tana's not very easy to say no to, um, or it wasn't at that point, I guess hindsight is 2020 but like mm -hmm. 
I know I probably, I sat down with Jordan at Playlist, which I don't remember when Playlist was in this timeline, but I remember sitting down with Jordan at Playlist and being like, um, are you going to help us? Or like, do you just want me to finance it? What do you want? And they mm-hmm. like gave me nothing. Although I, you know, like. Yeah, speaking of financing, um, did Tana and her camp put in any money into this event or get, generate any sponsors? No, not a dollar. Um, not a dollar. I will say Fanjoy probably came through Tana's relationship with like having their merch, but I reached mm-hmm. out to Fanjoy because they were like, we want to coordinate merch, which I like put in the drive, the Fanjoy merch booth. Okay. Um, yes. And then I was like, why don't you guys sponsor this event? You can have exclusive merch rights because I did not work with Fanjoy. I worked mm-hmm. with District Lines, who is owned by AKT, which is the same owner's playlist. So like my relationship was with a different merchandise company mm-hmm. whom I also was like, you guys can sponsor if you want. And he was like, yeah, Fanjoy ended up having like the best offer mm-hmm. and wanted to be a part of it because they had Tana's merch. I think they had Dobrik's merch, several others. And so like through that, that's probably how that sponsorship came. But no, Tana did not put a single dollar into this um, outside of like her time and energy, which was frankly minuscule. Um, Filthy Fangs, who was Bella Thorne's label, mm-hmm. um, tried to take ownership of it and like, make me fund it, but have them have ownership. I don't know. It, it became very weird. And then like, if you saw one, well, I mean, you were at the event, um, mm-hmm. like we had all the signage. Jen literally came with a can of spray paint and spray painted their filthy, their filthy fangs logo all over the backdrops and the signage that I had. So there was a like this. A lot of them, yeah. There, I was like, what the fuck? I woke up one morning to find spray paint all over the graphics. I was like, there was a very clear disconnect between like what Tana was telling Bella, what Bella was telling Jen, and our team and our team is like looking to them to have answers and at some point i was like you guys should be working with us not like against us or just aside from us we need to know jen like what you're doing they showed up hours before the event started at like one in the morning here comes mod son and bella rolling up out of jen's car and they like build out the filthy things lounge that shit was not even built until like an hour before the event. Like mm-hmm. when I woke up that next day to go outside, they were still building it. And maybe yeah. that's why like Nick did not open the door. But do you have any idea how much money Filthy Fangs made? Because uh, I was I didn't even try to get in that room. I was like, there's too much other stuff to film for the studio. Did they make money? Like, I don't know. The, did they make money? Were they charging well, because it sound from what I heard is they chart. They were charged to get into the room to meet Bella. But then they also potentially, it was that they were either charged to get in or they were, they had to buy a piece of merch to meet Bella. And, and so they had to have made something because they were a hundred dollar t-shirts. <laughs> that is a money grab that I, I didn't even know that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like, I would have been like, no, the whole point of this event is like you, just like any of our conventions, you buy one ticket, you get to meet everyone type thing. Not like mm-hmm. Bella has her own little lounge. That was some, that was some shady shit mm-hmm. that they apparently did. Uh, which is news to me, but interesting to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not have allowed that. I don't know if they made money outside of that. Um, I know that like the whole relationship with them, Aaron Fuller, who dated Amari for a while, you know, Tana and Amari's relationship. Mm-hmm. So Aaron was with me last weekend in Vegas and we, we were talking about this a little bit and he was like, yeah, well, obviously Bella and Tana don't speak anymore because um, Tana was playing Bella like to Aaron's, allegedly Tana is not by like all of these things that I did not know, but was like an observer of I'm sitting on a couch with Bella and Tana whom are 
two figures in the space. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do y'all want to do? What's your vision? What's this? And then Bella's like, we can do this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, cool. How's this going to work? Like, I remember when we left Bella's house, I felt very uneasy. And I told Tana, I was like, if you want Bella to take this over, let her. Like, let Filthy Things take this Mm -hmm. because they're talking something very different than us. And they're Mm -hmm. like, they're a whole different, like, event structure. And I was like, if that's, go that route. She's like, no, I want you to do it. Bella's just going to go. Looking back on it, it probably should have recognized that Tana was probably manipulating Bella. um, And then, like, getting Bella to do things. No, they, they didn't do any, they didn't generate anything outside of like their name being there. No sponsorships, no cash. Mm-hmm. Guilty things did not offer to give cash. I asked, I was like, do you guys want to be partners? Do y'all want to help split stuff? Because they're asking me to buy this, this, this. I'm like, bro, that's not, we don't need that. Why do we need a 20 foot unicorn in the <laughs> living room when like we have more pressing things? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, yeah. So a lot of things probably fell into place given like, Tana was trying to give Bella expectations and, and this and that. And then like, I'm walking into a room with my staff and walks Bella Thorne's manager who is like, you all work for me. And I'm like, girl, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. My staff is going to be very confused if you're telling them one thing and I'm telling them another. So like we need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the very last day after it was canceled that I met Bella's manager for her human self. When she looked at me in the eyes and was like, I'm sorry, this happened to you. I should have been more on your team. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that was refreshing. Where, why, where have you been this whole time? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I will say that like Natalie, who was Bella Thorne's manager's assistant at the time, now mm-hmm. to my knowledge represents Tana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I saw them, it's not like we don't see each other. I saw them at BOA. I was at BOA a couple weeks ago and like Tana was there, Bella was there, Amari's there. It was Amari's birthday. And obviously I'm still friends with Amari. And he's, as soon as Tana leaves the table, they like wave me over to come give him a hug and say hi. Mm-hmm. And Natalie's like, get the fuck away. Natalie had been sweet up until that point. I don't know if it, it feels very like, I don't, I don't know the word. Like I was the person who needed to take this fall for them. Mm-hmm. And like, it's caused a lot of, of a riff. I don't know. But- I mean, I think uh, for the industry, cause I have a manager as well. And at the end of the day um, with, this industry in general, or even just in any industry, especially with one of like the music industry, like at the end of the day, when you're a talent, essentially, like your manager does work for you. And so like, I can understand why, like uh, Bella's manager at the time, like you saw the shield drop or whatever. Cause it's like, yeah, she was doing, she was being Bella's manager, you know, she was doing her job. Um, But on, when you're saying that uh, Tana was manipulating Bella potentially, um, and I'm not here to speculate on the relationship or anything like that. Oh, me neither. Um, I just think that there should have been more community. Like we should have all been partners and. It, there should have been an open dialogue is what I'm hearing. Totally. Yeah. Even like after, prior to the event, a hundred percent. And even after it should have been like, Tana should have been in the room with us working on a solution. Here's what we can do. Here's an idea. Let's reschedule this, honor everyone's tickets, refund anyone who wants. Like that, that should happen to Coachella. Like mm-hmm. there were options we had, but they did not want to do them or like mm-hmm. did not care to, which is fine. It, even if it's me, I would have appreciated like the conversation about like, we don't want to do this with you, but like we want to do a second one. Let's transfer tickets there. Like something that could have not only negated like public opinion and mm-hmm. like made it right to fans. It was just very like, this is me. This is what I want. But 
even prior there was no communication that felt mutually like beneficial Mm -hmm. i don't know it felt very strange but as far as because you mentioned you think uh tana was probably telling bella something and then bella was telling her manager something and then there was that's where the disconnect is but uh as far as the manipulation comment i'm just trying to um understand what your wording is essentially where do you think tana was manipulating her as far as her involvement in TanaCon? or maybe i don't know i didn't even think about that until aaron brought it up to me this past weekend he was like yeah, Tana was just manipulating Bella the whole time. And I'm sure Bella could speak on it. Um, but what could Tana get? I'm just, again, we're having a discussion. What could Tana really gain from doing that? At least putting you in the dark with that. Um, In regards to, like, I think multiple facets. Bella and I, in the beginning, Tana had us, like, all in a group chat. And we were just kind of communicating. And I, I expected Bella to be as Tana positioned it to me, like a partner mm-hmm. whom wanted to help plan things, but then like didn't. And I would meet with Jen, Bella's manager, and then it'd be a whole different conversation. And like, I I was just like, okay, what? I'm not just here to pay for Filthy Things Lounge. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Aaron, until he said that, I was like, maybe, but I don't know if it was in regards to the event or their relationship or just like, Obviously, Tana benefited a lot from Bella in terms of establishing a presence in the press and the media. Tana was just a YouTuber up until that point, for the most part. And, mm-hmm. like, I think Bella really kind of helped push her along. But at, at expense to Bella, too. Like, mm-hmm. emotionally. That's, like, they don't speak for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, I think, maybe Shane. Shane and I still talk. And I'm grateful for, like, everything that he was doing in that time. I do wish, like, I never had this conversation with Shane mm-hmm. because it was, it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he would text me privately and, and, you know, I'm here for you, that kind of stuff. And, and we've talked a lot since everything's happened with him. Um, I don't know. The entire situation with Bella and like Tana and Jen and, and this event felt weird from like day one. And I think you can kind of tell that in the Amazon doc. I'm like, so point being what? Like, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It just felt very strange. And it, like, even when we went to their house, it was Tana and Bella sitting on each other's laps, goofing off, like playing around in the kitchen. And I'm mm-hmm. like, me and Natalie and Jen are sitting here like, what are y'all, what, like, what's the plan here? Mm-hmm. Like, we're financing your convention. Can you give us some, some vision, some colors, like anything to help us plan? Was you the know? financing, at least on Tana's front, because so... I know I understand that Filthy Fangs, Bella, her her camp were like, oh, we want to have input, but like we don't want to actually be involved, essentially. Um, but as far as was there a conversation had with Tana and Jordan about financing at any point or was it just like, oh, we'll figure it out? Um, in regards to just like, for the event itself, like as in getting like, hey, hey, we're putting uh, good times is putting X amount of money in this. I'm putting X amount of money in this. Uh, what like we need to know what you guys are covering or. Uh, moving forward, we need to make sure that, you know, we're both taking on the risk. I think, like, the conversations happened quick. Um, And it was between two friends in the beginning. So, like, I was, I think I probably asked, do you want a contract at some point? And they were probably like, no, probably for reasons like this. Um, But the plan was always, I could have more of a business conversation with Jordan than Mm -hmm. Tana. Just for whatever reason, wasn't engaged. But, like, the plan was always pay back what we spent on the event and invest into setting up TanaCon as its own entity, mm-hmm. similar to Honor Playlist and do New York. So that was always the plan. And we were like, afterwards, we're going to go through accounting together, 
see what we made and then, you know, divert from there. Um, and I think you hear me talk about it at some point in like the Amazon doc. I'm like, okay, we've almost recouped the cost on this part of the event, you know, mm -hmm. so that like she has an idea of where we're at with cost versus, you know, analysis and income. And so that we can kind of literally plan out what the future of it looks like. Mm -hmm. But there was never a contract between us um, that outlined it. There should have been, uh, and I should have pressed for was it. Was there any contract between you and Tana or Tana's team? No, there was an agreement um, between like some of the sponsors and Good Times and like Good Times name was on everything. That's why yeah. like, to me, Tana, it just felt like it was us doing everything at Tana's behest, whether that was via tweet or whatever. And like, I didn't have a partner that I should have had looking back on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but no, there was never a contract. Um, I think like there probably should have been. Um, I regret not doing that. But again, I trusted Tana. I think she trusted me. We were just like two friends working on it. Something we were really excited about. Mm -hmm. And like that part would come later kind of thing. But mm -hmm. we were together enough to be like, this is the future of, of what we believe this vision to be. We wanted it to be different and wanted it to be a change. I mean, she's crying when she walks into TanaCon, which made me feel really happy because I'm like, oh my God, we got her dream right. Like we were mm -hmm. all excited. Um, she had seen stage mock-ups and was so excited. So like, it was all from like a place of love. We never, ever, ever could have imagined this looking back, but not to say that there's, that's, that's like clearly not the case now. We mm -hmm. do not speak. She, like we don't speak. Obviously mm -hmm. she is trying to get the TanaCon trademark canceled. She tried to stop me from talking about it on Dr. Phil. There's yeah, a, one a of reason. my, um, cause I did, like I mentioned, I mentioned that the, the ongoing litigation comment that you made that was cut out and all of that. And so one of my subscribers um, is a lawyer or is in law school and they were able to find their counterclaim basically that TANF's team had made, it looks like. And so there's something. The trademark, in I, yeah. I didn't. So my attorney was the one who submitted the trademark. Yeah. I, I did that for my, more my mental health than anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got the trademark. There's like a lot of trademark law is very interesting and very yes. expensive. Mm -hmm. um, like half of me for a while was like, you know, I think I need to keep the name for my own mental health. I did not want TanaCon 2 to ever happen because I think it would literally like negatively impact my emotional health, my career, like anything. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. Now, I haven't responded to their last few pieces of the trademark dispute process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which trademark law is civil. It's like not, I'm not, I don't even go in front of a judge. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not expecting that I'm going to be wearing my TanaCon merch to a, a court hearing or anything. I'm not expecting that. Um, and I'm like, I don't think I have an intention to pay money to just like defend it. I, mm -hmm. I wrote an initial response. Um, to that, which is, you know, good times pay for everything. It was our event. It is our right to protect our interests. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously like the trademark court granted us the trademark. So they have to agree with your petition. Otherwise they wouldn't grant you a trademark. I don't know that I care if she gets it canceled anymore. Um, I'm like, really want to move on from it from like an emotional standpoint. I have a lot of things in my career that are, are not dictated by that. Um, I can only say the truth so many times about it resonating, you know, and Tana's yeah. painted me to be like this scam artist 
and her and scammed everyone. No, girl. I literally was just trying to help you make your dream come true. Yeah, we all fucked up. But at the end of the day, what else can you do, you know, besides apologize, refund tickets. And like, with, unless Tana was like, let's do this to make it right. We, there's nothing else I could have done, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll bankruptcy. So I don't know. I just kind of. So even though you, let's oh, say yeah. everything falls through Tana with polls, whatever, where she's like, okay, hey, I'm on board. Let's do it again. Would you do another TanaCon? Never the same way. Well, ever. I would expect that it would hopefully be different. I mean, but like, I mean, I would have contracts. I would, yeah, I would be saying no. Everything that I learned, maybe. The answer is maybe. And I wouldn't do it without shame. Um, oh, okay. And I wouldn't 100% not do it without shame. Frankly, uh, Shane's yeah. involvement or Shane's attendance? Let me clarify Involvement. That. Okay. Involvement. Um, and maybe even Bella, too. I, I don't know. I feel like... Oh, you want a kumbaya event. <laughs> That's what it sounds <laughs> I like. <laughs> I'm like, it's not in my plan right now or, like, my path. It's not my focus. It would probably trigger a lot emotionally. And I'd have to, to like, think about it before mm-hmm. it ever became anything. Um I have to think that everything happened for a reason. If it would have went well, I would have been in bed with Tana, who has proven herself time and time again to be someone I don't want to do business with. Mm-hmm. Um, but would I, I do want to make it right to the fans. I, that's why I continue to try to like say my truth and like show that I was not out here to scam anyone. Yeah, we fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up. Like, I'm so sorry. But at the end of the day, I didn't plan this shit to go on purpose i was not i did not take everyone's money and like file bankruptcy that's not how it works you're not running out with a big sack that has a dollar sign on it like (laughs) (laughs) i I fucking the polar opposite Mm -hmm. like in bankruptcy i literally had to give my car up i had to move like so not only did we discuss that a little bit because um i do though we talked about uh like tanacon's trademark and all of that Good Times Live was a limited liability company, correct? So was it just, was that in the liquidation for Good Times Live that the bankrupt took everything and then so it was like just you out of pocket trying to make up the difference or? So because of the loss that was like incurred, Mm -hmm. um, we did what my counsel advised and what is called piercing the corporate veil. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Basically, Good Times had nothing to pay anyone because we just lost a fuck ton of money. I still had to pay, like, and I can put in this drive if you want. Like, okay. I literally had to pay for the hotel, the security. Like, I had to pay everything prior to the event even started. The vendors, so point, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, there is no point. Good Times, even if Good Times files bankruptcy, that that's not going to alleviate everything. I used my personal finance. So, Pierce the Corporate Veil, Michael Weist third pay filed bankruptcy and Mm -hmm. I let good times administratively dissolve. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. exist. There was nothing, you know, anyone could come back and say whatever against good times because I just eliminated that and went straight. I'll take all responsibility and I'm going to file bankruptcy myself, which is obviously detrimental to your personal financial, like for the next seven years, I, that shit's on your credit. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you have like a credit score of like three right now or something? Actually, it's back up to like seven, over 700. Oh, like, nice. It, it, there's still not times in which I, like, I don't deal with TanaCon. Like, yeah. if I want to work with a new client, it comes up. Like, 
vendors, businesses yeah. becomes up. Well, at and the end like, of the day, and that's why, like in our emails before we agreed to do this, I, I explained I explain why I think you could benefit from doing something like this, where at the end of the day, this is an event that is, I mean, within the last four years, still fairly recent. It was one of the biggest social media events and I guess failures, we'll use that word, in yeah. recent history. Um, and, you know, it's still in the, the current lexicon, essentially, and you're still working in this industry. So it yeah. would make sense to at least get your side and the details out, especially when I mentioned to you, me and every other attendee, every other person watching this is only dealing with the facts that we have been shown. And so, yeah, clarify. And I never things. made a statement about it other than like, what was said at the time, which was full of emotion and like very reactive. Um, it wasn't until a mentor of mine who is very high up at a very large music company uh, said, you should talk about it and said it straight because it, I mean, I am in this industry, like yeah. in my house, in the other room, there's literally five of my clients who all have over 2 million on TikTok. It like, they know like, we've had conversations about it. It's like, mm -hmm. It's not going away. Yeah. And for the longest time, I like, I don't know, I couldn't talk about it or I would just break down. There were nights that I sat crying in the closet with a shotgun. Like, how do I move forward from this? Like, mm -hmm. it got real dark and I, it should not have been. Not only was it a learning experience, which I could have never learned, like, if this didn't happen, uh, it made me who I am. Like, I'm grateful for that part. Mm -hmm. But I also just like, I don't know. I literally have to address it all the time. I still get hate comments about it. And it's like, no matter how many times I say, I'm sorry, or like, I didn't plan for you to get, you know, knock it allowed in. Like, it doesn't matter when the favorite person in the world is telling them something else. And like, that's who they choose to believe. Mm -hmm. And at some point, like, being silent doesn't equate to like anything, you know? Um, Plus, I, I feel now comfortable enough to be able to, like, look back on it and not break down, you know? So yeah. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to discuss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in that same, like, if we look at literally any other industry, if I was a lawyer and I had a very high-profile case fall through, I would have to, you know, interact, explain that to future clients and things like that. And that's just the reality of business and being a business owner totally. and involved in business. Um Speaking of, you know, Tana and, you know, she's saying, or this public figure, I'm assuming you're referring to Tana, saying something different. Um, is there anything that she has said or had said previously that you blatantly call into question or that you have any proof is false or anything like that? I mean, there was a lot when it first happened that like instantly came to mind. Now it's just like, I know she said a lot of things that like weren't true even in like shane's stuff i'd have to probably go through it and like make a fucking timestamp notes mm -hmm. that are like that's not the case but in the reality the biggest thing is like people still call me like a segue scammer and all of this shit oh yeah we're, we're gonna get to the segue don't worry <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh now in a way because like i know the truth and that's ultimately all that that matters but my the biggest thing was like my intention was not some evil conspiracy where I'm going to walk away from this taking everyone's ticket money. That's like literally impossible, like mm -hmm. impossible. And people failed to even allow me the opportunity to just like say, sorry, I fucked up. I know. Trust me, girl. I know. Um, but like it went beyond like 
people would send death threats to my parents, to my house. Like, mm-hmm. shit, you probably can't even imagine simply because of a mistake that I made out of actually good intentions. Yeah, I fucked up 100%. And I recognize that. I own that. Wish I could make it right. I tried to do anything that I could to make it right. Um, the biggest thing I think is just like understanding that all of us on social media, even outside of myself, are like growing up and learning on in front of the world, especially now. And the more it becomes pop culture, the more that's going to happen. And one thing I cannot stand is like cancel culture. I've seen people whom I care about be canceled and like they're learning, everyone's learning and evolving. And if we don't, if society does not allow human beings the opportunity to grow, what does that say about humanity mm-hmm. that is not good? Like it's, it's, it's really, really bad, especially when like it's starting to get to a point in social media in which like young girls are getting, like no one should be taking their life over a comment on Instagram that is like not okay. Mm-hmm. Social media, I don't know if you've seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, but it's a great film. Mm-hmm. I recommend anyone watch it. The director is actually the guy who presented our award at Sundance for Jawline. Like, I have become very inspired since all of this to create advocacy for those. Like, there's no protection for creators, even those that I represent. There's mm-hmm. no any sort of congressional leadership that represents us. I think, there, like, when I started in this industry, there were not reporters at the New York Times writing about influencers. We were just, like, figuring out this space and moving on where it was going. And and as it's getting more mainstream, I think it's important that like those with a voice and those in a position should, I don't know, influence others into like the betterment of social. Cause there was a time in which it was a safe space. People went to it for comfort, went community. Now it's, it's like drama field. Let's just cancel this person because it's funny and entertaining. That's like not a good, that's very dystopian when you think about it. When like, yeah, I mean, it's affecting elections. It's affecting the political strife between human beings simply because of misinformation on the internet. Like it's crazy that, Mm -hmm. so as someone who's like been a part of it, I don't, I don't feel comfortable not saying anything anymore and watching people that I care about just like having no option simply because society doesn't let them or you know whatever mm-hmm. so i don't know mm-hmm. yeah personally for me um in the regards to uh people being young on the internet um I, i'm of the belief that uh children and family channels and such an underage uh influencer should have kugel accounts or coogan accounts whatever you pronounce it because they're especially with all these uh family channels like the ace family filing for lawsuits and the like and these children are you know being used for advertisements and all of that and they're getting none of the money for college okay, or crazy and you know i think that's something i've talked about i don't know if you've like kept up with my personal kind of journey right now mm-hmm. but like i represented I, I did an interview with dateline and to catch a predators um chris hansen mm-hmm. him and i talked extensively about this earlier this week um i represented danielle Cohn, who has lied about her age mm-hmm. and I, her mother, I mean, Pink tweeted about Piper Raquel this week. Like, it's crazy to see the direction that social is taking the youth of America and, like, indoctrinating an entire generation into this disbelief, regardless of my personal experience or what people want to say about me. It's not okay that little girls are committing suicide because of a notification on their phone. Like, that is not, not okay. And if I would have not been as, like, I don't know, 
supported or strong as I was in that moment, I would have, it would have been a very different situation and I would have not been able to see past like the fucking fallout in front of my face, mm-hmm. which is terrifying to think. I was young then and still am young, but like imagine if what would have happened to me would have happened to a 12 year old on TikTok who got canceled for posting a video that she didn't know was wrong because she never had proper parenting or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. that's scary to think about that that's, that's starting to happen. They're, well, there's also seeing- in that, I don't want to, I'll defend parents for a second. Um, <laughs> but um, in that regards, I mean, I think there's also still, because there uh Still so many parents are still so, I don't want to say na- naive is the word I guess I can use. No, that's true though, media. it's true. Yeah. So it's not even less so like, oh, um, I don't know what my kids are doing online. It's that I don't know what I need to be aware of what my kids are doing online in a sense. So yeah. And that comes from like people like you, me, Tana, Shane, whomever having this conversation because the children are watching, their parents are probably seeing videos here and there. Like if no one talks about it, it's never going to change. And mm-hmm. then we're going to be in this dystopian future where everyone's defining self-worth by how many followers and how many likes and like very black mirror. That's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't think that we should be determining a human being's self-worth by what others on the internet say and by how many likes you're getting. And that's something that I struggled with for a long time due to like all of this. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about this being as someone who, I mean, you are involved in the influencer industry. I mean, you do make your money from the influencer industry. How does that impact your feelings on, you know, like you said, you were representing Daniel Cohn for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you've worked with other uh, minors in your job and things like that. I think it makes me now recognize situations and like want to do something about it and, and empower me to do something um, like I, there are, how do I put this? So let's just use Danielle for an example. Mm -hmm. Um, Young, ambitious Michael might have overlooked something I noticed for career value, for whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Now I would never do that. And I'm grateful for this, for teaching me that. Um, But I know that there are still a lot of managers out there in this space and not even managers, business associates, even platforms who like, will do nothing simply because it's to their financial gain. But like, we all have a responsibility here and outside, it's like at great personal expense. Like Danielle, for example, I'm gonna have to spend a bunch of money on, on legal fees. I'm gonna, you know, I, I had a Netflix deal for her that I turned away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not worth it. It's not worth the money. It's like not anymore. And like, no part of me, I'm, I'm literally so grateful that TanaCon happened because I probably, I don't know if I'd be the same person that I am now. And now looking at it, I can recognize and not only see other people who are like deliberately ignoring facts and seeing what's happening for a paycheck and like career, I want to say political gain, but like career gain. Um, And that's crazy to me. So I think seeing that and and having the role I have gives me an ethical, moral responsibility to do something, to say something, to raise awareness. And then, Encourage others to do the same thing, um, mm-hmm. whether that's lobbying in Congress for legislation, if that's, you know, I wanted to start a foundation that covers creators' legal fees because these kids, a lot of times, they're just gaining millions of followers overnight and, like, mm-hmm. cast into this stardom, per se, and have no coaching, no protection from the government, no platform advocacy. Like, it's crazy. And it's, like, turning children into commodities that is very, very, very dark and dystopian when you think about like 
America is literally turning their youth into a money sign and parents are not, some parents are just like, cool, thank you, give me that paycheck. But it's crazy to see. And mm -hmm. it, I, I know I have a responsibility to do something about it. And thus, here we are. That's why I like spoke up about Danielle. That's why I'm, you know, talking to my attorney. That's why I called the DA. Like, I think everyone has a responsibility. And if we don't recognize that, who knows where we'll be. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to go through a couple more questions that I have from uh, other attendees. We covered most of this, but I just want to make sure there's nothing else. Um, we already talked about that. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. We talked about that. Talked about that. <laughs> we may have covered all this. And um, if you're going through this and you like have a question or want to see a document or something, don't hesitate to like email me and I can. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, I mean, my one of the questions that I asked um, was uh, we already talked about the possibility of doing TanaCon again, but I know for a while I don't know if it's still on your website. Um, you were talking about doing JuiceCon with your current company, Juice Crate. Do you even with or without the pandemic, are you still planning on doing more conventions? And then also, so we do did you one. Okay. Um, Juice Crate held their first convention in, I want to say October, before the pandemic. Um, okay, so 2019? Yes, I wonder if I can find it somewhere. I mean, I'm sure it's on like Juice Crate's Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and it went off flawlessly, I have to say. I had a lot of people who messaged me and were like, we had skeptical thoughts after TanaCon, but we had the best experience of our life. Was it planned uh, in longer than two and a half months? No, actually. <laughs> oh, gosh, darn it. <laughs> I mean, like, yes and no. I just, like, I know even our January conventions, we did it every single year at Good Times. Like, I know the formula. It's it's all the same to a certain extent. There's just, like, mm -hmm. I... It, it went there there are cases when the, the formula is required to change, and I think... Yes, the, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And TanaCon was one of them. Um, maybe because I learned through TanaCon... I applied it there, but Juice Crates went on tours. It's done conventions, all of which have done great and had zero problems, mm -hmm. um, especially in comparison. Um, I mean, I don't even think we had like a minor security issue at the last one. Everything, everyone was in on time. They were out on time. Um, all the photos are online. There's a recap video on Juice Crates YouTube. Like a lot of the creators that were at TanaCon were there. It's interesting, like, although all of this negative backlash happened to me in the public, mm -hmm. my relationship with creators has, I've worked with everyone since I was 17 years old, some of my best friends, like I learned a lot of their true colors when people would not stand up for me and I saw those who did, but like, it, we still work together, you know, like my, I'm still here, I'm still doing things. If it was this very dark, evil conspiracy, I probably would not be able to do this, but frankly, I'm at a point in my career that's better than where it had ever been mm -hmm. um in a tribute to some of the lessons i learned uh, for sure but yeah i mean like i planned when covid we have a tour planned uh it was supposed to start in september we pushed it back due to the delta variant so that's probably january is when we're like rebooking dates january february yeah I, I love events i love conventions i think they're a big part of like juice crates brand especially when we do like um a lot of branded content with our partnerships and stuff Creators need opportunities to create content, even from a branded perspective. Whether that opportunity is sending a creator a box and allowing them to create with, you know, a PR package or placing them at the Stranger Things pop-up experience and having creators create content there, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
events are always part of this ecosystem, maybe not in the same way. Um, but yeah, and, and I enjoyed Juice Crate's first convention. It went great. I think okay. I loved it and, and enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was it for that. So I wanted to end on this note because I think it's a more fun topic. Um, we got to talk about the segue because <laughs> what, what, what one, where is it from? Do you still have it? Why did you choose a segue? That'll do it. Like that's how I'll get around the event. You know, um, it's interesting that you ask it because everyone always asks you whether it's like, a, you know, a fan just wanting to, to have something to talk about or, mm -hmm. or whatnot. Nick Swinson, the director of events, was the person who was like, let's get segues. Here's the price. Um, I'll call the rental company, whatever. I signed off on them. In hindsight, it was a How good... much did you... Wait, now I need to know the segue budget. Sorry, I'm going to keep cutting you off. I wonder if I can find <laughs> it. It wasn't much. It was like a couple thousand dollars, like under 3500 for sure mm -hmm. for like the whole week because we had them before the event started too mm -hmm. simply to like get around the entire exec team had them um but they were all rented funny enough i like wrecked mine the first day very viciously tumbled it it went in the air hubcap flew off Jeez. it was crazy but they were all rented and like you know if you go to playlist a lot of the execs are on them if you go to vidcon everyone's on them mm -hmm. i like tana had all of us go to vidcon on segways which I got banned from like VidCon. a biker gang. Jesus. Literally. Like we all had to segue over to VidCon. Um, so it, it's kind of funny that that moment became so meme worthy, but mm -hmm. it was just like, here is your segue, Michael, uh, get around the event more easily. And like, Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But yeah, no, I don't have them. Um, I have trauma from them and have never rode in one ever. Probably since. smart because the creator of Segway died while riding a Segway. So really, he rode it off. He rode it off a cliff. Oh, my God. They're really hard to like slow down. She's like lean back. And so mine was speeding up and I'm leaning back and then it just kept speeding up. And then I just bailed. And that's <laughs> my but like they're dangerous as fuck. And mm -hmm. um, it was helpful at the event, although, you know, it is what it is, I guess. It became an iconic moment that was not meant to be. Yeah. So. I mean, that's really it for all of my questions. Uh, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, and I'll probably send you an email later. Um, yeah, please do. Yeah. I, I will upload anything that you need to see. I put a couple things in there. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I've been clicking through them as we've been talking. Um, but yeah, no, if there's anything else that we talked about, because I know there was a couple of things we talked about in the beginning before we started using the drive. So um, I'll just send you an email with that. Um, and if there's anything missing or anything else you want to see, you know, let me know. I okay. have most documents still in, on an external drive, so I can try to find you, you know, anything. Um, but thank you for chatting with me. I appreciate yeah. you. Um, thank you for being open to a discussion and, you know, just taking the time to speak with me. Because I, I will say that your whole demeanor this whole time has been much more, I don't want to say relaxed, but just more open than I've seen you in literally any other interview you've done about Tanacon. So I do yeah. appreciate that. Of course, uh, and I appreciate you allowing me to be open. Mm -hmm. um, I would have had a very different response on like Dr. Phil if it would have been like that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times people come in with an agenda and that dictates how I respond to things. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I appreciate you allowing me to have this opportunity. I'm happy to chat if you have any questions, you know. And that is going to be the end of my interview with Michael Weiss. Like I said, the video portion of this podcast will be on the Swell Entertainment channel coming next week. And thank you all so much for listening. As always, everything will be linked down below. And that's going to be it. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.